Artyom, welcome to the podcast. Nah, that was a bad. That was a bad impression of the Metro guys. Um, welcome, <laughs> Artyom. Yeah, Artyom, howdy. No, no one says howdy in Russia. Um, welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is the Lars Hero Games podcast, and we are all here to talk about some games with you later on. Um, now, of course, I'm joined uh, just about almost every time, as always. <laughs> I- I'm joined with Alan. How you doing, Alan? You can follow me on Twitter now at SP Salvation. Wait, did you actually change your at? Yeah. <laughs> no, you have- no, you did not. Check it. Check I'm going to... I'm gonna check that. Um, I'm gonna check that in just a second. But first, I'm gonna say, "What's up to Anudis? Welcome back, Anudis. What up? What up? Hey, what's the SP stand for? Single player. Oh, I swear to God, if he actually changed it to single player salvation, SP salvation. We're about to see. Wait, I can just go to. Oh, wait, if you did change your at, then all the tweets that have referenced your old thing won't work. So let's try that. N-M-U-I-R. Oh, my God, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you madman. Oh, my God. I don't even have words. (laughs) This man really changed his Twitter name to Single Player Salvation. Well, SP Salvation. I couldn't fit all of it. Yeah, good point. Twitter is a, a small service. Uh, this man's crazy. All right, we're already we're already starting with the spiciness today. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. So as you guys know, if you've listened to the show before, we're going to be talking about news towards the end. Um, we got some Activision Blizzard layoff stuff to sadly discuss. Um, Sony putting their foot in their mouth when it comes to some crossplay stuff and some Nintendo Direct announcements that we're going to overview. But first, we're going to talk about what we've been playing over the last week. This section that takes most of the show, to be quite honest. Um, but that's just how it is. Um, and there's been a lot coming out this week and a lot that we've been playing, it sounds like. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Alan, do you want to go ahead? It seems like you've been playing all the like super modern recent games. So do you want to hop up on this? Yeah. Uh, well, by the, time this, by the time this comes out, I assume everyone will be, will be playing either Crackdown 3, Far Cry, New Dawn, or... Metro Exodus. Yeah, pretty much. Those are the big three that came out. You know, not to mention Jump Force, which, you know, came out in the middling reviews, but so did some of these other ones. I, uh, I played, I've been playing all three of them. Mm-hmm. Can we start with Crackdown? That's the one I'm most curious about, given how divisive it's been for people. Yeah, and I'm interested in it as well, since I have it from Games Pass. So I've yet to try it, but yeah, how, you, how are you feeling on it so far? Oh, God, I love it. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's first, what doesn't suffice. But that is then a again, first. Then mm-hmm. again, I did enjoy the Game of Thrones uh, role-playing game. Like the RPG? The one that was put out by Cyanide. Oh, so not the Telltale one. Okay, that's... All right, that's a little bit of a... <laughs> that's a big caveat. But I will say, you're not the only one I've heard who liked it. Um, what's her name? Uh Christine Steimer of What's Good Games, she kind of digs it as well. Um, she's been looking for it, and she had, you know, moderate expectations for it already. So seems like it's meeting her expectations. And then the guys over there at Funhouse, they like it a lot. Um, they were really well, talking it up. Here's the thing: like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm playing, and I hope that everyone plays as, as Jack Commander Jackson. I mean, there's no point in any other characters. They I led mean, with it's, him. It's Terry Crews. Exactly. It's. Just if I'm gonna quote, I'm gonna quote Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's Terry Titties. 
Terry Titties. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. To quote uh, Tim Rogers from Kutaku, who want, who doesn't want cruise control? Oh, that's not. <laughs> oh uh, boy. Despite so, despite being or despite not looking like it did at previous E3s, it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, that's what I figured it would be. Um so like what exactly cuz I my only experience with Crackdown is the like 45 minutes of Crackdown 1 I've played on this Xbox a couple of days ago. Um so how similar is it to Crackdown 1 cuz that's the thing I keep hearing that it's basically just Crackdown 1 2. <laughs> It's actually it's a better sequel to Crackdown One than Crackdown Two was. Oh, okay. And ironically, Crackdown Two, Crackdown, the Crackdown Two developers worked on the on the multiplayer part of uh, aspect of Crackdown Three, Ruffian yeah. Games. Mm-hmm. And the difference this this time is the writer. Oh, the writer is different than two. Di- different than two. Uh, different than one. Oh, so a new writer for the series altogether. Yeah, and it's a familiar one for for people from Microsoft owners or Microsoft mm-hmm. uh, ga- Microsoft game players. Uh, Just Adden of Halo of Halo fame. Wait, really? Which yeah. Halo did he write or help write? He helped write all the pretty much all of them. <laughs> really? What? God, not, not the not the three four three, everything everything during the Bungie era. Huh. So pretty much from one to reach, he's had a hand in it, huh? Yeah. And I I mean, I hesitate to ask, but like, does this is the story at all reminiscent of Halo? Because that is not the vibe I'm getting from anything I'm seeing. Well, the only thing that seems reminiscent of Halo is the are certain weapons or the way certain weapons feel. Mm. So okay. mainly the the pistol and the uh, rifle. Okay. Feels like feels like the actual battle rifle. No, no, not the battle rifle. The assault rifle. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, okay. Wow. Or, to the point where it actually, where the like when you're in game holding it, it looks like the model, the, the exact same model from Halo One, Three, and on onward. Okay. So going more into the gameplay, because. It's cool that you're digging it, but the one gripe I keep hearing is that it's repetitive. So, like, is it a yeah. good game in small doses kind of thing? Yeah, but then again, I I'm a I'm an addict of which we we talked about last podcast mm-hmm. of the MLB the Show series, specifically, <laughs> specifically franchise mode where I play the same I play as the same team every like I play I I control four teams and play every single game of the season as those four teams. Yeah. We've talked about how crazy that seems, but <laughs> I, I, I will say for a caveat, I played a fairly repetitive game this week as well. And I'll talk about that later, but yeah, it has its appeal. That's the main thing I'd say. Yeah. I'll bring up an example. I put, I, that I wrote. Yeah. In the preview that by the time this goes out should well, be up. Not more of a first impression. Well, yeah, yeah. First impressions is a good way to say it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll give two examples. There yeah. are, you ca- you capture like the way they do the boss showdown or the the boss menu mm-hmm. looks a little looks very similar to the Middle Earth games. Yeah, I kind of noticed that all the little different bosses are in that same tree. Yeah, and there are different certain certain areas you can, you take over. You gather intel on the boss affiliated with that said area. 
Mm-hmm. So like the monorail systems. Oh, okay. I, I saw a little bit of, about this. Yeah, you, ju- you know, just with that, you just have to keep killing the. You just have to keep on killing the heads or the robotic heads of the of each station until the until the real the the human head comes out. Oh, okay, okay. It's kind of like a whack a mole type thing. Sounds like. And there's another one, another where there's a there are, there's like a chemical weapon system or a chemical thing in the game called Chimera, mm-hmm. like resistance. Yeah, that's what <laughs> that is what it sounds like. And you have to destroy the equi- the the equipment that's producing it. Oh, okay. Huh. That sounds kind of interesting. And there's another one where I'm blanking on the. I want, it's sort of like a construction site mm-hmm. and you simply like every, every single thing in the game that you have to destroy has a, has a big red circle. Yeah. Kind of make it stick out probably. No, no. I mean, when you target it, Oh, and, oh and you okay. start shooting it, you just have to dwindle it all the way down to, to, to nothing to destroy it. Oh, okay. That's like their health kind of reticle type thing. Yeah. Oh, all right. Once, you take out all like the one I'm this like I stopped. I played a bunch of it. Yeah, I played three to five hours yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, this is a game that you can probably beat in a few sittings if you're really like into it. Yeah, it seems Which like. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it seems like, like you're really into it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it, it does seem like because. Just looking at the game, just looking at the gameplay, even for the original Crackdown, it seemed like the perfect type of game to just hop in and just run around and not really care about the story. Just have some fun, shoot some stuff, blow it up, collect some things and just get your progression, just get your progression on. And it seems like three is going to be that again. Um, Would you say this is probably the game you're most looking forward to? like play a lot more and probably the first one you're going to beat out of these main three. Cause you've also played uh met the latest Metro and the latest far cry. So um, is this the one that seems to be tickling your fancy the most? Most likely. Hmm. That's that really is, interesting. Yeah. That's really surprising, especially considering what you were telling me about Metro right before we started recording. Huh. Well, I'm going to ask you about that in a minute, but um, have you tried out any of the wrecking zone stuff or wrecking mode? I think it's wrecking zone, but you tried out any of that multiplayer yet? No, what are you talking about, man? Mr. Shinkleberry Salvation. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's true, but you know, I had to take a shot in the dark there. Um, Here, tell me about it, because honestly, this game is not even on my radar. Like, I oh. know Crackdown, but I just I don't care about it at all. So, what is this multiplayer mode? Oh well, I, I've watched a good bit about it, so I can speak a little bit to that. Um, Basically, so when this game, when Crackdown 3 first got announced, they were touting, oh man, Xbox, the cloud technologies, we're going to make a Crackdown with all this crazy destruction in it, and it's going to use the cloud for all the destruction tech. Um, Then people decided, hey, we don't want our Xbox to be always online, and so they had to change everything about the entire console, so they couldn't make the single player have this crazy destruction anymore. Um, Well, well, it it does have a bunch of destruction. Like, some of it's still there, but... I don't know if you saw the video, like mm-hmm. the, the comparison video, like the it was just comparing it to other game, like another certain game that featured a lot of destruction. <laughs> Red Faction, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only problem, the only 
big the only big thing mm-hmm. is that once like you in any in the like in retraction or battlefield big battlefield game you expect the destruction to stay there oh it disappears pretty quick it disappears after uh, not that long actually yeah after like a couple seconds from the video i saw damn but yeah yeah but here's the thing like in the single player at least from what i've been seeing and you might be able to speak to this a little bit in the single player while there's still you know different items like tears and cha- tables and cars and stuff all those physics are still there but you can't like tear down a building in single player in the multiplayer that's the type of destruction they're working with where they have like everything's a little bit more basic when it comes to geometry so it's not like a detailed city you're running through it's more of just like not quite wireframe but like neon tron like environments and you can just straight up destroy entire buildings there you can just punch right through buildings and jet pack right through them that's pretty much the whole hook of the wrecking zone mode and there's three different maps and you just you can just tear them down but here's the thing that makes me a little bit I don't know if concerns the word, but maybe disappointments the word for now, but I, I'm sure this stuff will improve. Um, the, the multiplayer mode seems to be very bare bones. Um, and when I say bare bones, they have just two yeah, modes. There's, there's not a lot. There's barely anything there. Exactly. Like there's just two modes. One is basically kill confirm where you got to pick up their dog tag or their icon or whatever when you kill them. And the other one is like some weird capture, not capture the flag, king of the hill where there's multiple hills, but in a game that's so much about jumping and boosting and jetpacking everywhere, why do you want to stay in one spot? <laughs> like, kind of yeah. goes against against the whole thing, especially if you're blowing things up and then the building's not even there to stand on anymore. Um, so it's just those two modes. And then apparently there's no progression either. There's no ranking up system. There's nothing of that sort. So that's So for me, it sounds like, oh, that's cool. I could... I could see myself playing that for like an hour and then never touching it again because of no progression. But especially I'm on PC and I've already looked at installing the game. I once again, data caps is how I run my life now. So I, I was looking at it and there's actually two different items to install for crackdown three. Yeah. Le- there's the campaign and then yeah. there's the multiplayer. Exactly. So at this point I'm like, I, I might not even need to install the Wrecking Zone multiplayer. Oh, it's four gigs, though. (laughs) That's nothing. Yeah, it's like, Ed, might as well. It's already there. Yeah, shoot. There's a big, and there there was something that, there was a a feature that was supposed to be available at launch, which obviously, by the time you're hearing this, you know what it is. And that was co-op in the campaign. Yeah, is that on there yet? No, not yet. Wow. I, I wouldn't have expected that. Um, shucks. Look, I will say this. Mm-hmm. It's much better than their other games, like Little Big Planet 3. Oh, yeah. This is Suma Digital working on it. So Forza, yeah. Hor- Forza Horizon 2 presents Fast and the Furious. Oh, God. I remember that. Oh, my God. I got to look up Sumo Digital and everything they've ever made now. <laughs> that was uh, Mod Nation Racers. They might have been Mod Nation. I don't recall. No, no, no. It wasn't them. It was something like Renegade or Rebellion. Oh, no. Uh, Mod Nation Racers are the same guys that made uh, Sleeping Dogs. And I think their studio shut down since. Womp they womp. did, however, do Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Surprisingly good racing game. Not going to lie. 
That game's great. Oh, That's the no, best no, kart no, racer on Vita. Got it wrong. Sonic and All Stars Racing trans, uh, transformed. That's the good one. Yeah, that's the one I like. Once again, the best Vita uh, kart racer that exists in the world. And um, ironically, mm-hmm. I had no idea that they did this. Doctor Who: The Adventure Games. The Doctor Who Adventure Games, straight up. Yeah, that is the most random thing I've ever heard. Um, they've had their hands in a lot of stuff. Actually, they got Dead Space Ignition, Nike Plus Connect Training. Yeah, they too. They've been around for for close to twenty years now. Yeah, they, they even had their hands in Dead Island too. R.I.P. Um, well, that's 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 the game that they're quote unquote they they started working on after Jaeger went under. Oh, so they're current. They're the current developer, apparently, huh? Yeah, it was Jaeger, but then like I said, they went out, but they went under. Uh, well. Uh, fingers crossed on that. Uh, but hey, hey, it sounds like Far Cry or not Far Cry. Sounds like Crackdown 3 is at least a little bit worth your time, maybe. It's OK. I, I'll just say now it's the perfect game to have. It's per, like it's it's a perfect game to have if you want to. It's sort of like, like it feels it feels like a game that or it feels like an experience that should have been had that should have been made into a movie in the 80s. Oh, it's like that. That's where it fit. That's where it feel like it, it in a good way. Hmm. You you know what? I I exactly get what you're saying because like, this is actually giving me vibes of Far Cry Three Blood Dragon, which I just ran through mindlessly as well. I mean, and had a lot of fun. Like Terry Crews will want so, will once in a while start or say or give some dialogue. Yeah, One of his best line in the game so far is "Man, fuck gravity." <laughs> <laughs> I see that one a lot. People are citing that one as a good line. Ooh. And he has a point, though. Yeah, dude. Always bringing you down. Fuck that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, sounds sounds like far or damn. I keep wanting to say Far Cry Three, but it sounds like Crackdown hey, Three is that's pretty what good. You got on the brain. Yeah, that is what I have on the brain because I did just recently beat Far Cry Blood Dragon again a couple weeks ago. Um, but this sounds like it's going to be right up Mally in the same way. Um, I, I love just, or I don't love, but every now and then I'll be in the mood for like, just give me a good open world game that I can just collect everything in and blow everything up in. That's why I love, I don't know if I've said this on, on the podcast, but Prototype 2, I really love that game because halfway through the game, I just stopped caring about the story, turned on podcast and just collected everything. So this sounds like that type of game. Awesome. Oh, right. uh, speaking uh-huh. speaking of crackdown and collection, mm-hmm. the orbs obviously make make return. Yeah, I've I've been seeing that in some gameplay as well. That's they, exciting. They've steered away from the orbs, like the crackdown two style orbs that that you have to actually pursue around the city. Mm-hmm. So there are the main ones are there's mainly just two types of huh. orbs. Really? Agil- okay. The agility orbs and the hidden orbs. Ah, okay. Well, I guess the agility rewards you for using your agility-related powers to get them. And then hidden orbs just... I I remember seeing hidden orbs. They give you a little bit of XP for all your categories, so weapons and all that other stuff, driving. Yeah, and, like, one thing you can unlock is the air thruster. Hmm. So you can can jump, use use your jetpack... And as you're getting, as you're like getting close to where you want to go, mm-hmm. you can just use the air, thr- the thruster to uh, like dart over. Oh, okay. 
it is actually it's really fun hmm that sounds actually pretty dope sounds like it's a kind of like an air dash type thing yeah that's exactly what it is Ooh. okay nice all right that that sounds really good for mobility um i might have to try i I mean i'm gonna play this one Uh, i was just looking at the install size it's like 25 gigs for the install size on pc and i'm thinking like okay that's not the 50 i thought it would be so uh, i'm thinking about it but the game i'm playing right now is very similar to it or at least sounds like it might be a little similar um but i'll get to that in a minute um but in the meantime uh what else i it seems like you have some positive things to say about metro so i before we get to metro you've been trying out a new far cry new dawn um what do you think about far cry new dawn it is not what i expected Wait, what were you expecting? I was just expecting a random, you know, mm-hmm. like these are your villains. I was expecting, I was expecting the a standard Far Cry, like bare bones. Like I was, I was expecting things to be more like, like primal. No, like Blood Dragon. Oh, like Blood Dragon, where it's super like here, here's your game, just run into it immediately, right? Yeah, and I mean. Given the ending of Far Cry Five, you, you kind of have to explain some things about how how certain things work. Well, I'll. I mean, we could we could say where this game. I mean, nah, we have to spoil a little bit. Um, long story short, this game takes place in the Polk apocalypse after Far Cry Five. <laughs> um, won't say how they get there, which is honestly been talked about widely on the internet by now, and I'm sure it's been spoiled for most people. But for those who have not had it spoiled, there's your chance. Um, so yeah, it is a post-apocalypse, uh, 15 years after nuclear explosions, super bloom has come, everything's pink. But, um, as far as the quality of the game, I know they have those two new villains, the two, uh, the two twin sisters, I believe they look like I dig, I dig just how they look and I dig how they're like, kind of like, I don't know. I always like a female antagonists in in games like this and in far cry games especially i know they do their their antagonists really well like they just have really interesting bad guys so yeah uh, um, yeah can i just explain how cool like i want to hate them but it's kind of hard to oh because they're I, like it's like they, yeah they have the uh can i just spoil uh like what one of them does to to someone in the beginning oh and the opening it's, does it involve a motorcycle helmet yeah all right as long as you don't say who who they do it to <laughs> yeah so the character uh lou one of the girls <laughs> the name would not tell you that but okay yeah her she's the twin the the twin sister mickey the mm-hmm. two antagonists of the game mm-hmm. they uh they just straight up or lou just straight up beats someone to death with a motorcycle helmet her motorcycle helmet. Good God. <laughs> They're starting off strong in this one. Yeah, and like pers- like she's impulsive, like she's quote-unquote impulsive and unpredictable. Hmm. While Mick- Mickey is the, the cal- more calm one. And yeah, Mickey's the one to stab you in the back, and then it sounds like Lou's the one to, act, to fuck around and stab you in the front out of control. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Okay. So like... Far Cry always has like the craziest villains, like ever since Vaz and three. Yeah, I personally like the villain in four too. Um, so how do these two girls 
rank in terms of Far Cry villains because obviously the crazy cult vibe of the last game, I I dug that a lot. These girls give that guy a run for his money. Well, actually, well, well go ahead. Say what you were going to say first. It's cause... hard to talk about Jacob Seed mm-hmm. without spoiling things for this. For this. Yeah, I mean, the, in the preview cycle, they've already said that as well. But I also like that could be a pleasant surprise. So it's up to you. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where if you play like, I mean, there's a reason why they set this up after five. There are connections to five. What those connections are, you'll have to find out. Um, but yeah, I mean, certain. Uh, OK, we're, all, we're already tiptoeing around certain spoilers, but um. Overall, just as far as like a gameplay sense, getting away from the narrative now, because um, I know just looking at previews, it seemed like New Dawn was a lot more RPG inspired. Like there's straight up like weapon tiers that you have to get. And then, you know, you can't do damage to like elite enemies with a basic weapon. You have to upgrade your your stats and everything. How is that? Have you played it long enough to see how that get a feel for that goes or how, how's it been going? Uh, can you repeat that? Basically, basically, how is the gameplay? I know I kind of rambled with that question, but um, oh, have you been able uh, to feel the RPG elements yet? I actually didn't really notice it. Hmm. Okay. It's one of the things that and that you end up like sort of stumbling upon, or at least me. Hmm. And mm-hmm. they have. I mean, it's it's not re- it's not okay. I'll just say this now: there mm-hmm. are microtransactions. No. Yeah. <laughs> To get around that. To get around, like, Mm -hmm. there's... It's sort of... Like, the currency in the game, rather than a game like Metro, like the previous Metro games, had ammo for... for, um... as ammo for currency. Mm -hmm. This is is sort of Mad Max style, where the big, the big, big thing is gas, or ethanol. Yeah, ethanol. Yeah, I've seen that on there. And does it seems like just from what I've been seeing, it seems like the whole RPG elements and the crafting systems that they've implemented and stuff, it seems like that might have been a possible excuse to throw in this heavier emphasis on microtransactions. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a smart way to kind of offset the $40 price tag where instead of charging 60, people are more apt to kind of look at this positively and be like, Oh, I could, jump in for a nice smaller Far Cry experience for 40 bucks. And then you just have to essentially hope to be one of those whales that ends up spending money in microtransactions. Then you're spending way more than 60. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, here's the thing. I, if it's anything like previous Far Cry games, cause I remember they had microtransactions going all the way back to like Far Cry, th- maybe not three. But four, I want to say, definitely had a few microtransactions, some really small, minor stuff. So I'm wondering if I wonder. I'm wondering how obtrusive they are to the main game, because I'm sure they're there. But it sounds like the type of thing where, because there have been other examples of this, where it's not. It's not that they get get to a point where Assassin's Creed Odyssey is the one I'm thinking of, because a lot of people talked about this round when that came out, where. The grind was so great in that game and you know it it kind of it seemed like oh they made the grind so intense because you'd have to pay for microtransactions pay for an xp boost to get you through it 
But when other people, when I hear other people talking about it, they're saying the game's full of so much content to experience that they kind of do that for you to experience the content and less for you to pay money to get ahead. So, I, I mean, I feel like out of all these games, Far Cry might have might have been the one you've played the least. So I don't want to push you too much on this. Um, but I, I would like to ask, do you think the microtransactions are, do you feel like the game is designed in a way to push those? Or do you feel like the game is designed in a way to force people to explore, to explore all the content in the game rather than to just get that shortcut of microtransactions? Microtransactions aren't really like required in this as they are in, I don't know, I'll be the show. Oh, okay. So it's a little bit different then, huh? Yeah, they have every single, like, throughout every, like, it has a day-night cycle. So every single day, an air, an air, uh, airdrop comes in, like a supply drop. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's similar to Dying Light, where you have to get there before the highwaymen get there. Okay. And you get, once you get there, you, that's one of the best ways to get or one of the best non-conflict ways to get ethanol. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like a high stakes, high, high, high reward type thing. Yeah. And like Far Cry 5, or when it comes to story, you're mm-hmm. either the, you're pretty much the, hmm. <laughs> the chosen one. <laughs> I'm just making guesses here. Trying to figure out, are you trying to talk around a spoiler? Well, you, you play as, you play, you play as the, uh, a cat the captain of security or the security captain oh okay yeah i've i've heard of that setup for the game and the thing i just love i i just love i fucking love the thing you what you're commonly called it's just cat (laughs) calf really yeah so (laughs) you're there's a joke there (laughs) hey i got the reference (laughs) yeah i'm you know what i'm thinking about (laughs) and Mm -hmm. like far Far cry 5 you can fully customized you can choose whether it's it's a man or a woman okay so that's pretty my, cool i went i just went full out and me and my my captain look like a hero out of, out of an old western Ooh, so i got full of dollars yeah so i've got the the hat or the or the uh cowboy hat okay that's probably a good look <laughs> i've got else- a uh mm-hmm. got the beard to go along with it yeah, that's what I was going to say. I saw that you can add beards to female characters in Far Cry. Oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds like hell. Well, actually, eh, do it if you want to, but just, who I can't imagine that. I saw, <laughs> I saw this one glitched uh, Clementine from The Walking Dead with a beard, and it just ruined me for a while. So I don't Clementine think I had a beard? Else. Yeah, it was a glitch. Someone put like, uh, like Kenny's beard on the Clementine, and I was like, nope, that's enough internet. <laughs> <laughs> burn oh, the laptop <laughs> pretty much oh god Whew. but yeah it does sound pretty neat though um so would you say now you said that crackdown 3 is probably the one that you're probably going to stick with the most out of all of these but um how did you play five at all far cry five yeah it's one of those where i went where i went and got it on all platforms well you do that with damn near every game but <laughs> no not, not with every game didn't do it with metro didn't do Oh, really? Didn't do it with Far Cry uh, New Dawn. Wow, okay. Shout out to you having restraint. Um, well, but, uh, two th- thirds restraint. I, I didn't buy it on the only. Co- I mainly do. I formerly was. Mm-hmm. 
Uh-oh. That's me. Oh, okay. I was about to say. All right, you're good. I was about to say. I was like, shit. <laughs> we're all gonna leave the mic. Um, but yeah, as you're saying, so Far Cry Five. Did you? Uh, you bought it a lot, but did you play? How much did you play of it? I didn't play as much as I wanted to. Okay. But I got a good enough gist of what was going on and everything. Okay, that's good. All right. So, do you think it's? Uh, do you think it's enough? You think it's different enough from Far Cry Five, or at least offering something? worthwhile that it's worth picking up right now or do you think this is one where wait until you want more of that far cry formula and then pick it up well there are there are characters who carry over from Mm -hmm. who carry over from five yeah okay that'd be good like um the 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 main the the debt from five oh okay uh what's the nick rye or something like that nick rye kim rye their daughter is actually your one of your guns for hire. Yes, that's true. I, I did see that being one of the things they led with in the marketing. And Herc is back. <laughs> Herc's in every Far Cry game now, Christ. He's been in every one since uh, 4. Yeah, god damn it. <laughs> mm. Alright, so so it sounds like it's solid, huh? Just yeah, the game overall. It's, there's a, uh, one of the, it's, there's, there, are base, there are base building elements in the game. Mm-hmm. In that Certain characters in the world will be like you find them a like you're you're living in the in a place called in a like in a community like in a area called Prosperity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is actually one of the former uh, new like Eden gay pe- uh, people's estates. Oh, oh, that's a trip. <laughs> That's one thing I did hear in about this game where they take you to locations from five in like new and interesting ways that kind of make it a little bit more engaging when you're back. Kind of plays off of that kind of nostalgia, but not nostalgia thing because it's so recent. I hesitate to call that nostalgia, but yeah, sounds pretty dope, though. Yeah, also, there's mm-hmm. there's a mission where art for a character named Selene mm-hmm. where you have to go into a into a flooded, a partially flooded silo and get her. <laughs> There's a party going on at a nudist's place. <laughs> hey, am I here? <laughs> yes, you are. Oh, damn. I thought I was muted. So sorry about that. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> oh. But yeah, as you were saying, to, to wrap up the, the Far Cry stuff. I'll, I'm just going to give an example of one of the missions, like one of the side missions. Yeah. You, you have to go into this mis- like into this abandoned silo, mm-hmm. and it's sort of a a Mario thing or a Super Mario sixty four thing where you have to play with the where you have to play with the water or the plumbing. Ah, that's actually kind of cool. And you're going through fl- flooding different areas, mm-hmm. and there are there's wildlife in the silo. Okay, so I had to put the piece put the piece. Some stray dogs. Okay. A wolverine. Some snakes. Okay. A fucking crocodile. Oh, this is the weirdest Noah's Ark of all time. Yeah. And, huh. And you can actually, and the big impetus to actually take on, uh, uh huh. <laughs> the biggest, the, the big reason to actually, like, hunt animals in the game. Mm-hmm. Is every animal 
bolts can you get? You can trade in for crafting materials. Uh huh. That that sounds kind of similar to what they did back in three, but a little bit different. Well, and like you have to up, you have to use said crafting materials to instead of well, you just have to you actually have to craft weapons this time. Oh, okay. Not like the not like the the saw crossbow. Huh. But oh you, you yeah, actually, I've seen that one. Have, yeah, you actually have to craft weapons that like old weapons. Oh, like weapons from that like you had access to back in the old games. Yeah, so like an MP5, my machine gun, 44 Magnum. Okay. Huh. Okay. That's a little bit weird idea <laughs> considering you already had access to them, but I guess to well, well they're they're all rusty. Oh, it's one of those. Yeah. Well, it has been like what 17 years. <laughs> So guess I can't blame him too much. Okay. All right. Well, interesting. Um, far, I, that's the type of game where I don't think I'm going to pick it up anytime soon. That'll probably be a $20 purchase in a couple months for me. Um, but hey, I, I dig Far Cry and I actually recently just picked up five on PC. So that's, I'll probably get to that first before I get to this one. Um, one quick addition for three mm-hmm. awesome games. Uh, if you don't know, Target has a buy two, get one free deal going on probably through the weekend. So three ooh. good games right there. Perfect. Buy two, get one. Yeah. I wonder, ooh, I wonder, because this is probably going up on Monday. <laughs> so uh, we'll see if that's still going on. I imagine, I don't know when Target ends their stuff, but I imagine it goes on until like Tuesday. If it's anything like digital sales, but I don't know about that. <laughs> If you work for Homeland or the FBI and are listening in, buy two, get one free. <laughs> <laughs> Some dudes at the at the NSA like, oh boy, I'm gonna go to Target tomorrow morning. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, but yeah, I will say though they do have that Critics Choice sale going on, and that doesn't end till the 31st. So if you're on PlayStation and you want some great PlayStation 4 games or you know other games from other on other consoles, there's a lot of VR games and PS3 games too. Um, but there's a Critics' Choice sale going on over there until March 1st. So check that out. Good stuff there. Um, oh, just remembered mm-hmm. something that yeah. you would probably like to know. Ooh, try me. In a few weeks, less than a few weeks, mm-hmm. more like two, uh, open beta for Division 2. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear about that. Um, I'm glad I kept that beta client installed because I heard there was going to be an open beta, but I didn't know it was two weeks from now. So nice. Thanks for that heads up. All right, so now that we got our PSAs out the way, let's get to this last major release before uh, me and Wicked go on about our games. Um, Metro Exodus. Uh, I Now, I'm a big Metro fan, as we've talked about on the show already, uh, so I'm excited to see what you think about this one. Um, so, yeah, how, how's your time been in Metro Exodus so far? Okay, uh, last week, or maybe a week, pre- week before that, we got into my history of Metro. Yeah, yeah. We we talked about it around when they showed previews. That was maybe three weeks ago. And my feelings towards 2033 and Last Light. Yeah, I we talked about it. I'm trying to think because I want to say it was surprising to me at the time. This is by far the best thing they've ever done. So you're saying 4A has outdone themselves with this one, huh? Yeah. Wow. Now you're gonna have to tell me how because I'm a big. You already know I'm a big fan of the other two games. So what is it? Now you were telling me there was like forget everything you know type of things going on there. 
And I'm curious to know what that means, but without spoiling it, is it like a gameplay thing that surprised you or is it a narrative thing? It's a story. Oh, it's a piece of the story that it's a piece of the story that kind of flips things on its head. Yeah. Hmm. So brief, my brief history with Metro is I played the first one, but I didn't really like the survival aspect of it. And then I jumped into Last Light and I loved the crap out of that game. Ooh, okay. So is this game more of the first game or more of the second game? Because the second game felt more open and I like that about about the uh, last light. Hmm. Well, you start the game on, on, on the surface. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm digging this. Go back. You get, you have to go back to the Metro and I'm like, God fucking damn it. It's gonna be all this bullshit again. God motherfucking damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a moment where you and a certain, another character mm-hmm. think they're meet You're meeting up with someone. And everything goes crazy and goes batshit crazy from there. Ooh. Like, and I'll I'll tell you, there's it just it things just get because cra- when you're saying all this batshit crazy stuff, this is so different than what I expect from this franchise. Because like this is always a series that I thought about. I like it more for oh man, it feels really lived in, like the atmosphere of the world and the creativity of the creatures and just the oppressive environment is always what I love more about this game. The story has always been there, but it's never been like the main hook for me. This this game, the things they're telling, the things I'm hearing about the story without spoilers, like just the base bare bones things I'm hearing, and then what you're saying now has me super excited. Has me super excited to actually follow the narrative and. I don't know, man. I already knew it was going to be a little bit different with the open world stuff, but like this is really getting me over the edge. Like how? So I I, I feel like we're going to start tiptoeing around spoilers again. So I kind of want to avoid that. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to like gameplay systems, like because you were talking about how you didn't like the more survival elements uh, of Metro twenty thirty three, right, Anudis? Yeah, uh, ammo scarcity is not my thing. Yeah, well, I, I know they've gotten rid in this new Exodus. I know they've gotten rid of the whole, you know, higher military grade ammo is going to be your your currency in the game world. I know they've gotten rid of that, but they've replaced it with something else. Um, ha- have you played long enough to interact with some of those systems at all? Yeah, there's I've only done I've only gotten to I'm only about an hour in or an hour or two in. OK, that's fair. And things get things our change, our, our things change pretty quickly. Like from where, like from last light to this. Huh. Okay. And so was that, I don't know, was that a good switch up or was it a little bit abrupt or how did, how did, how did it make you feel? <laughs> how did it make you feel? <laughs> I, I sort of rage quit on. Really? Well, I didn't rage quit on this. I rage quit on last light. Mm-hmm. Huh. And R- the real quick of- tidbit. Real quick yeah. tidbit on Last Light, because I just Googled it. I had no idea that that game came out in 2013. It's six years in between sequels. Oh, yeah. They've been working on this one forever. Yeah. God damn. I'm, I'm glad it's going for sure, but yeah. healthy gap. I'm sorry. Continue. It sounds like it's paid off too. So, but yeah. This game is heavily influenced by the ending of Metro Last Light. Yeah. The ending of Metro Last Light is pretty, like, a, it's a big deal as far as I remember even though I played it like a good four years ago. See, I just played it last year. 
Oh, in the Redux collection? Yeah, yep. Yeah. I'm uh, yeah. so thankful that game always goes on sale for like five or six bucks for like both games. Yeah, I agree that that is that is a hell of a deal. It actually, I think those Metro games are on sale right now. I'm gonna look that up. <laughs> like ninety eight percent sure they are. <laughs> they usually are. Those games are so great. So I just played it last year, but I definitely bought it like two or three years ago. And it was one of those things where I would see it in flash sales and be like, oh, Metro Collection, it's like purchased. I was like, oh, that's right. I have it. Yeah. And, and, I'll, and we were correct. This game is on sale. You can get both Metro 2033 and Metro Last Light on the PlayStation Network remastered on PS4, of course, for about nine bucks. So yeah, that's worth it. <laughs> we, we've done enough selling of games for them now. So um, so yeah, as you were saying about Metro Exodus, um, so I'm just going to have you finish your thought. I was talking more about the gameplay systems, like how those feel to you. Well, there are certain... When they say that the, the book, that the book Metro 2035, and, mm-hmm. is, and like the game is inspired by it, they're pulling certain bits... Like certain moments from the book, yeah. But it sounds like they're not doing a hundred percent translation. Yeah, uh, like he wants to. He's sort of like not happy with the way thing how like or he's sort of mm-hmm. not really happy with the way things are going and with the uh, Spartans and everything. Okay, a little bit dissatisfied. Hmm. Again, based on the hour you've had it so far. Yeah, <laughs> or is this like a based on the books type thing a little bit of both okay okay so wait have you actually read all the books i have 2033 and 2034 i don't have 2035 okay 2035 all right all right i was just checking because i was like wow you're you're one of the few people i've heard talk about this game referencing the books yeah well metro 2035 has actually been out since like in english since december of 2016 so oh wow get your copies now <laughs> Welcome to Oprah's Book Club. <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> but yeah, there's al- there's also a moment that I mean, is all I'm, the only reason I'm gonna mention it is because that's the only that's the only way I can I can perceive it. Yeah, yeah. The moment where a familiar face comes back in Walking Dead season four, episode two. Oh, is it the when he comes back in like a dream vision for a minute? No, it's when when he's like back back as a henchman. Are we thinking about the guy without a hand or are we thinking about someone else? We're thinking of someone else. Is it a young lady? Yeah. Okay, okay. I think I know what you're talking about now. I appreciate the vagueness because I'm just yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're. I, I was thinking of a completely different character. <laughs> for the four of you who have not watched The Walking Dead, um, we'll save you some spoilers. But yeah, I get who you're talking about now. So there's a sequence like that towards the front of the game. Yeah, where some where you get where someone you wouldn't think of working, where someone you wouldn't think of working with the enemy is actually working with the enemy. Oh, uh huh. Or that's just the way you see it because you don't understand what's really going on. Like I said, everything everything you thought you knew was wrong. Oh, it's one of those. They ooh, okay. They open the game like this, more or less, huh? Well, no. It you uh, there's some there's a little bit that starts uh, like there's some like there's not a lot of gu- gunplay in the early bit. Mm-hmm. But I will say the 
the creatures or what whatever the main piece are called. Yeah, the radiated ones. Not the dark ones. Yeah, not the dark ones. I know how those look, but just all the little radiated like animals and fucked up things. <laughs> what about them? You run into some early on, and this actually, and like you start the game, you're going mm-hmm. back into the metro. You have to use your lighter to actually. I really like that they put little, little things like this in. You have to you have to use your lighter to extinguish uh, webs and everything. Like yes, I've always loved that in the Metro games. Yeah, oddly satisfying. It is <laughs> like cleanse the earth of these freaks. And you'll <laughs> and certain like you'll see some a spider like on you when you can't do anything about it. Yeah, my TV's too big for that, and I freak out. <laughs> Another and something else they added was since okay, spoilers. Okay, try me. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll determine if I need to bleep. So go ahead. It's. It's a it's a literal nuclear winter. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They added in a button to to wipe your visor, like where you, you use your hand to wipe your visor, mm-hmm. or your mask. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the same. It's just one again, one of those little things that just makes it feel more grounded. Yeah, I agree. It's one of those because uh, that's what that series is like. Kind, what I kind of know it for, it, it just has all these little details, these little bits of interactivity that just make it feel so much more authentic. It's very exciting. So, so it sounds like, honestly, I was expecting from what you were telling me earlier, I was expecting you to have played Metro the most out of all of these. But no, the um, way if I mm-hmm. could, if I could rank it in terms of time played, it would be Crackdown, Far Cry, Metro. Ah, okay. Wow, we talked about them in the correct order then. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of perfect. Um, awesome. So it because sounds like, yeah, go ahead. The main reason I decided to start playing it now, and I'm playing it on Xbox because apparently it's a, it's a bit of, of a performance nightmare on PC right now. Oh, damn, that's sad to hear. Um, but yeah. The only reason I started playing it is because of the, the stuff that was going on in the chat about it. Oh, like what everyone's saying. Oh, man, this game's actually great. Yeah, and how, and I'm like, I'm like the one who has it. Why, why, why? And Connor Irving's like, I'm gonna pick it up on Monday. Like, <laughs> pick it up sooner. People need your money. <laughs> oh nah, they can they can wait a little bit. <laughs> Shoot, man. But, uh, speaking of the PC version, though, uh, Metro announced that they were gonna be exclusive to the what is it, the Epic Game yeah, Store. That- yeah, the Epic Launcher, yeah. Uh, have you seen that the physical PC releases for the game literally just has a sticker covering <laughs> the actual Steam logo and everything? I did see that. <laughs> that reminds me of the Guitar Hero 3 mono issue. What happened with that? Or I think it was either Guitar Hero or Rock Band. One of them had what could only be played in in, in the like in, in the sound option in mono. Oh, like there was no stereo support? Yes, and they try to cover it up with a sticker, or they <laughs> use stickers to say only mono. Wow! <laughs> On a music have... game, you definitely need the best audio you can get. Exactly. Yes. It, there was a class action lawsuit about it. It was from like twelve years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's a good way to get that lawsuit going. Well, luckily for them, this is like—I don't think you can really sue for last-minute exclusivity. But hey, man, <laughs> I wouldn't Watch be surprised. Me try. Oh, God, no. 
That wasn't a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Well, hey, it sounds like um, it sounds like all these games are at least somewhat solid. But I'm surprised Crackdown's the one that is tickling your fancy the most out of all these. Because from every from every site I've seen, it's been Metro is the one that is the one to look out for today, or maybe not today, but this weekend. But you're over here like, oh man, no, Crackdown's the truth. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> I, I will I will try out try, I will try out crackdown from not just your thoughts but just a handful of other people that they liked it too. I'll give it a shot. Um but uh ooh, I guess now. Um was there any other quick games you want to give a quick shout out to before um me and Anudis get our games on? Yeah, I I decided to re like restart Fallout 4, like attempt to beat it this time for the f- at least tenth time. Oh my god! And I'm trying to like keep things under 100 mods instead of uh, like 180. Yeah. <laughs> so how are you successful in that so far? I'm wondering how long you've even gotten it with these other three games. I installed. I found a mod called Repair Sanctuary. Okay. Where you could do things like instead of shacks and stuff, you could just scrap a house and make a house that looks exactly like it. Oh. Okay. That's interesting. Um, huh. You're playing a lot with mods. You actually sent me a link to some mods, too, that I went ahead and downloaded. So, Yeah, one is it ha- in- instead of having, like, instead of getting rid of skills like Fallout 4 did, it pu- puts it back in. Ah. Okay. So it kind of has, like, the more, maybe not analog, but instead of it just being like, here's your agility, and you don't know what that means, it kind of explains it. No, not your special. I mean, actual skills, like oh like skill points yeah oh dude okay <laughs> that's actually pretty dope i completely misread the page for that because <laughs> that's the one you sent to me i believe yeah awesome uh i was i was having like i was starting to do well until i fucked up and deleted accidentally deleted the bridge <laughs> bridging sanctuary to everything else got started <laughs> so i had to exit out and then I realized I didn't actually. I turns out one of the mods I installed needed another one to support it. You needed a mod for your mod. <laughs> well, no, it well, it was a patch for a mm-hmm. mod. Huh. That's so. I decided, fuck it. I'm going back to New Vegas. <laughs> and I, uh huh. And, and so I now you're much, just digging through the Mojave, huh? Well, I went to the the Fallout mods Reddit. Yeah. Of like, what are the essential mods for Fallout Four? Not Fallout Four, Fallout New Vegas. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna give that a chance this time. Okay, <laughs> from one Fallout to a, to the next. It, fe- it feels like Fallout is like you're legally obligated to talk about Fallout for at least five minutes every week. <laughs> yeah, and it th- this is again the usual. Uh, it'll be two K eighteen or not two K eighteen. That's different. That's a series that's dead. I was about to say, <laughs> you went back to 2009 and played some <laughs> 2K baseball. Uh, in MLB 2K, not God, fuck. <laughs> ML, MLB the show, I believe. And MLB 18 the show. Mm-hmm. Because there was a there was the first Twitch uh, stream of or for 19 happened this week. Yes, indeed. Did they reveal the full cover? Because I know their cover guy wasn't even signed yet. So is he signed? Do they have an official jersey? Bryce Harper has not signed anywhere yet. Oh, damn. 
Okay. <laughs> He's really milking this shit. Yeah, he is. Hey, get that get that publicity. Get those dollars. Uh, I think it's him and Manny Machado aren't even... Manny Machado hasn't even signed anywhere yet. And spring training technically started. Oof. There. He's just playing like tennis ball like with the wall, just throwing it. Man. Man, I can't believe they haven't got signed. It's like they kneeled during a game or something. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway... But yeah, uh, so, uh, yeah. I went back to Road to the Show. Oh, okay, really? Yeah, rather than just continuing to do nothing and just re- recycle that in franchise mode. Ah, uh, okay. Kind of switch it up just a little bit, huh? Yeah, I actually made it, got a trophy for making it to the show. Oh, okay. You did what the title says you're supposed to do. And I and my team, like always. It's horrible. <laughs> Such confidence you have in them. Dude, oh, I'm boy. playing. I'm, my team is the Detroit Tigers. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Well, hey, at least when you do a halftime show, Eminem performs every time. So Constellation Prize. <laughs> Go Red Sox. <laughs> I, I, I played baseball once and I was bad at it. So I stopped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But yeah, that sounds good though. That sounds good. I'm I'm excited to see what they're gonna do for well, see if those guys get signed, and also what they're gonna do for the next one. But um, anyway, moving on to uh the rest of the things we've been playing. Um, Anudis, have you been uh jumping into anything? I I know there's one big game you've been playing a lot, and one we've talked about on the show a lot. But please tell me about it. Let me just jump on into this game I've been playing. Oh boy. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Apex Legends. Free to play, I know. You guys had it on. <laughs> Mr. Single Player Salvation Salty here, but... All right, every, so the... Every, the entire Los Horror Gaming staff is just playing this game. It's a good game. Even those who don't have the game or who don't have it are, are talking, trying to, like, saying, oh, I really want to give this a shot. It's that right. game, dude. Like, I, I'm with you, Mr. Single Player Salvation, because I haven't gotten into a multiplayer game like this since probably Black Ops 3. So yeah, yeah. like two, two or three years ago was the last time I was pretty into a multiplayer game. But even then, it was just casually. I talked because... about the last multiplayer game I played last week. <laughs> Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> Good Rematch. Remaster or no, there is no remaster. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I think of the original. Yeah, he who I that's what I was saying. I was like, so every trend that this game borrows from, you haven't even experienced the originator. You haven't you said you played like a couple matches of like a match or two of Overwatch, and that was pretty fun. So, based off of that, you might dig Apex. And you said you were you said you were installing Titanfall 2 as well. So, like, uh. So, like, for me, I don't... This is my first time with the Battle Royale game. Let's get that out of the way. Uh, PUBG, I just never got behind, even when it did eventually get to PlayStation. Fortnite, I played one, maybe two matches uh, two years ago when it was originally came out, and I was like, oh, let's see what this is about. And uh, I was like, okay, this is super boring, just hiding and waiting to survive. But... Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, a bunch of new modes and stuff and improvements have been made for that game. I kind of want to give it a second shot, but also I'm just too 
enamored with Apex to play anything else right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you right now, they add a bunch of stuff to that game, yes, but it's still the base. Like, the thing that I love about Apex so much, that movement is so slick, so smooth, and so, like, fast, where you don't... Sure, there's a little bit of downtime in every match, of course. That's just how Battle Royale works, but you feel more active with that movement system because you're you're vaulting over walls in a way that isn't just hit the animation and jump it's like oh no you're running up the wall and grabbing it it feels a lot more physical same thing with sliding down mountains and then and then there's no double jump but especially if you have pathfinder with that grappling hook there's a lot of movement abilities in the game that just feel so smooth so the act of moving which is the only thing you'll be doing for half of each match that feels fun in and of itself so Oh, uh, do you mind if I butt in and just talk? I, I forgot. I I have some gaming purchases updates as <laughs> we, well. I, I will. How about this? We'll pause the gaming purchases updates because we've been going for about an hour. I'll cut the silence, of course, but we've been going for about an hour. So we'll at the end of the what you were playing segment, we'll come back to that. So hold on to it. And then we're going to come back to Apex for a couple more minutes. So so, yeah. So yeah, that's Apex is good. <laughs> really so how's good. your time with it? Uh it's just been a lot of fun. Level 20 right now. I've had a couple wins under my belt and honestly, I can't in the same way that I thought a lot of people thought that the whole Nemesis system from Shadow of War would kind of spread into other games, which it never did, even though the Nemesis system rocked. I feel yeah. like this this pinging mechanic is really going to catch on with multiplayer games. Mm -hmm. uh, the ability, because I don't like talking on a mic unless I'm going to actively play with people I know and my friends. And this is the first time this game has that reach because it is free to play that I'm able to say, I texted like four or five people. I'm like, dude, it's free. Download it, grab a mic, we'll play and talk. Because that's the only time I'm going to get to actually willingly play a multiplayer game because a lot of the times it's like hey did you pick up the newest call of duty i'm like i don't have 60 bucks i'll wait seven months when it's on sale if you're still playing it then cool if not oh well yeah bingo yeah that's that's a big factor with apex the fact that it's free and the fact that with a lot of these battle royale games it's or multiplayer in general it's a chat room effectively with a really fun thing to do while you're chatting like that's how that's how people treat fortnite since there is so much downtime, a lot of that is just talking with your friends. Um, yeah, that and what I love about Apex, it's you could still have that real laid back experience. And with that ping system, you don't necessarily have to relay all the information with your voice. You can just use that ping system to effectively show people things and get to highlighted points and everything else. So this is the crazy. I'm not sure if you watch like some of Jim Sterling's videos. Have you seen his impressions on this game? I, I mean, I haven't. I, I'm I'm a love hate relationship with Jim Sterling where understandable. <laughs> yeah. Not not necessarily with anything with his personality be with his personality, but he just he seems to me that he enjoys hating things more than he enjoys enjoying things. Very true. Uh he is kind of a curmudgeon, but I like that sometimes. Yeah. One one thing he mentioned that I could totally relate to and again is why I like this game so much is that he said that he's almost had better luck and come closer to winning with matches where people don't have mics and are just using the ping system. Because when you do, when I do get in a team with people with mics where maybe it's two friends and I'm the third wheel, 
I'm like, I, I don't want to grab my headphones right now, man. I can hear you guys talking, but they get into this mode where they're like, hey, man, they're over here. They're by this building. They're by this building. And I'm like, I'm still learning the map. I'm still learning the map. <laughs> just just hit R1 and tell me where they're at. Uh, so, yeah, I think that really helps with the accessibility for it. Just the free to play makes it an easy entry and that ping mechanic makes it understandable for anybody who's new to the game to just be like, here's a dot, just go to it. That's the general consensus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's pretty powerful when you just put down a dot on the map and then everyone runs over there because they just get it. There's not even a question about it. They just understand, oh, let's head over here and loot. <laughs> like, it's perfect. So, yeah. yeah. And like I said, multiplayer games, not normally my thing. I can already see myself being into this game where I'm kind of, I'm an old man in my mid-20s. Still learning Reddit. <laughs> but I kind of want to start following this Reddit Apex page and get into the whole battle pass. And depending on how EA handles the battle pass and moving forward, we'll see how long this game sticks with me. But I'm prepared to spend money and kind of see where the roadmap for this game goes. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, like I said on the last episode, where we talked a lot about Apex. Um, I'm I'm right there with that battle pass day one when it comes out. As long as it's not anything more than probably twenty bucks is probably my limit. Um, but it depends on what they do. Because um, H1Z1's battle pass was about five bucks when that started, and then I think Fortnite's is a, quite a bit more than that, probably around twelve, maybe ten. Um, but either way, uh, I, I want to give. I want to give Respawn my money for this. Uh, I'm a big fan of theirs and can't wait to see what they do when this game gets more content next month. So, uh, so, so yeah. Real quick, I'm not like super familiar with how battle passes work, but what my friend told me on Fortnite is he paid for the battle pass or the season or whatever, and as long as you do most of the challenges, you end up gaining enough currency to buy the next battle pass essentially just extending your battle pass as long as you're actively paying for that season. And I hope that this, I hope this battle pass is like that. Cause I'm playing it enough that I'm like, fuck yeah, if I'm putting them this much hours into it, I can continuously play this game going on. Well, yeah. In Fortnite, that is how they do it. You, once you get through it, um, you basically earn enough currency to just buy the next battle pass with the in-game currency. Not every game does that. Um, I know, especially for the only other two games I've played with Battle Passes are something like Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops 4, and H1Z1. Um, with Call of Duty, all the rewards in their Battle Pass are just cosmetics and weapons. So those aren't really in-game credits that you can use to get items in the next pass. You're just going to have to buy that outright. Um, but then on the other side for H1Z1, they gave you credits and everything, but I don't believe... Actually, they do give you credits for that battle pass, but I don't think in their seasons ever since that you've been able to use those credits to buy the next battle pass outright. I think it's gotten you a certain percentage off, but um, mm -hmm. I don't think it'll be free. But for, for Apex, if they... I mean, if they know what's good for them, <laughs> if they if they want to keep the momentum going, they'll probably do something real good and consumer friendly like that, I imagine. But uh, but we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll, time will only tell what they'll do. Um, but oh, God, my whole world is collapsing. Um, Sounds but, like it's just a water bottle. <laughs> yeah, it's just a water bottle. Uh, <laughs> hey, but yeah, it can't be any worse than what happened with those kids did your toilet. 
Oh God, yes. <laughs> One of them's still here, so I don't want to talk too much shit. Um, <laughs> they're like on the other side of the wall. So <laughs> shout out to everyone who's listening. Who's like, what the fuck did they do to your toilet? I'm gonna let y'all die with the suspense. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, but yeah, I, I trust Respawn. I trust them to pull off a battle pass pretty well. And they said they're looking at their competitors and seeing what they're doing and. Everyone knows their biggest, most direct competitor right now is Fortnite, since they are beating them in Twitch views. So, yeah. I I think a really big question mark is going to be Call of Duty at the end of this year, because, I mean, PUBG and Fortnite, these games are continued ongoing experiences, and Call of Duty is very much an annualized franchise, so it's going to be weird to see them marketing a new Call of Duty and also being like, by the way, here's season two of Battle Royale for last year's Call of Duty. See, that's the thing. I Everyone's been speculating this when Black Ops 4 first came out. People are speculating they might just take Blackout mode out of Black Ops 4 and have it as its own separate downloadable client and maybe even make it free to play. Um, but the thing is, if they were to do that, what it would kind of split the player base a little bit because you want people to buy the new Call of Duty. That's Activision's entire business model as a company. Mm-hmm. So... It's a it's kind of just a balance of we want them to buy the new game, which does sound like it's going to be a an actual full featured game once again with a campaign and everything and new multiplayer ideas, which I'm excited to see. But if they're because I you'd imagine this new game is either going to be something completely original, probably not in it, probably not an Infinite Warfare sequel, probably not a Ghost sequel. This sounds like it's going to be a Modern Warfare for type game maybe something in the modern warfare franchise once again so if you're going to do that and you make a you're going to imagine people are going to want those web those iconic weapons some of those iconic just imagery from that series in in a battle royale so would they put it in blackout would they cross those lines i i I don't know because the black ops universe is very distinct and very different from everything else so who knows questions who knows what happens after E3 anymore? Battle Royales, Tetris 99. Like, I think <laughs> yeah. I think we're about to hit that bubble, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens this year. Yeah, we are hitting a little bit of a saturation point, but um, we'll we'll have fun until we get there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, is that the main game you've been playing this week, or was there anything else? Uh, yeah. Let's see. I jumped half hour into Resident Evil Two. Uh, just because okay. I needed I needed a little break, and then I realized, oh, that's right, I'm a little bitch, <laughs> and I hate. <laughs> I came across the first zombie in Claire's mode, and I was just like panicky, and I was like, yeah, I don't know how I'm gonna play the rest of this game, so I went back to Apex. <laughs> Wait, what? You just shoot them in the fucking head? I know, but, but they don't always die. And then I'm like, I just wasted five bullets. What if there's more? The ammo I can't find any. I'm already scared. Exactly. Then, no one hey, wants to die. When in doubt, kneecap that bitch. When in yeah. doubt, take out the knees. Ah, oh, that didn't rhyme like I thought it would. <laughs> All right, anyway. Um, I'll uh, definitely go back, but that half hour, I don't really have too, too much to say. Um, but the game I was playing before Apex was Kingdom Hearts 3. Platinum, huh. level 99, ultimate weapon, all done. You are crazy, but... <laughs> um, How was your time with it, at least? Because you've, you've clearly spent all the possible time you could with it. That's no more yeah. though. Oh, of course, of course. Um, so I beat the game, platinumed and all, at about 60 hours, and I felt underwhelmed. Huh. But at, at the same time, I'm, I'm also like, that's 60 hours in 
less than a week. So yeah. that's that's <laughs> that's my fault for burning through it so fast. Um yeah. But we'll aside from those. aside from that, I think I just think I have it in the back of my head that it's a thirteen year old sequel. I know it wasn't in development for thirteen years, but it's in of terms that of, era. Yeah. And a lot of the criticisms with it are pretty accurate. It still feels like a PS2 game. Uh, a lot of mini games, almost too many. The worlds are fine. And I, I just wanted it to be better. But I still really, really liked it in hindsight because... Uh, who was I talking to? Oh, it was, like a face, it was in the Kind of Funny Facebook group. Mm-hmm. I've been playing the Kingdom Hearts mobile game for over two years now. <laughs> and... The fact that the mobile game actually had a substantial, impactful part in the big climax of this game was hilarious to me. Because I just, I'm like, no one is going to get this. <laughs> Even people who play the mobile <laughs> game might not get it because they probably just skip the cutscenes. But what are yeah. your thoughts on the little chef, <laughs> dude? Little chef. Fuck that! Reference. I hate that egg cracking mini game. <laughs> that is the worst. Dang. Wow. So are, are a lot of the mini games annoying or is it just like that one specifically? It's it's not that they're annoying. They're kind of like a so they have these collectible games that you find that are kind of like the Tiger Electronics games. You know those handheld ones that carry two double A batteries and it's just like directional pad and two buttons? Oh yeah, yeah. Like a game and watch. Mm-hmm. There's I wanna say close to twenty of those games that you collect throughout and it's like 20 of those games. I'm like, okay. And then you have four various types of cooking mini games. Every gummy ship battle is essentially a mini game from planet to planet. Uh, there's these flan things that have ingredients that you also need for cooking six of those with six different mini games. And I'm just like, damn, even each specific planets had their own mini games. I'm just yeah. like, all right, all right. Like, I just want to kind of fight a big group of Heartless. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a Kanye West song for you. Um, but yeah, it sounds, I don't know, because I've seen a lot of people talking about the game, but you, you, seeing that you just kind of binged the whole thing and it's left you, because the, the thing you're saying about, oh man, you're disappointed, but you had a really good time. That's the thing I keep hearing. Where people are like, like I see uh, Barrett Courtney from over at Kind of Funny. He's saying, yo, this game's trash, but I'm enjoying it. And even Tim from Tim Gettys from Kind of Funny also being like, yo, this game's kind of this game's like a PS2 game, but I love it, though. And so I'm really like bizarre. I, I or think not bizarre, but I think trophies kind of ruined me for that because I'm just trying to craft the Ultima weapon. So I'm just kind of doing the part where I have to fight the same group of enemies over and over again so I have enough items to craft. Uh, so it was very much like the last 20 hours of the game. I just had like different podcasts on and I was just like going through the motions. But there were fun motions because suddenly six hours went by. I'm like, oh, could you work, man. But then yeah. I'm like, I just spent two hours playing all these damn collectible minigames because there's a trophy associated with it. At least uh, you weren't at least you weren't doing the Star Destroyer sequence in Force Unleashed 1. Oh, God. <laughs> I remember that. That was horrible. Where you have to keep, you have to rotate the uh, analog sticks, then stop because yeah. the short TIE fighters go back to it, stop, and then repeat. God, I, ugh, 
man, I don't even want to think about that again. You're gonna you're gonna give me a hernia or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> good uh, the God. big the big takeaway for me from Kingdom Hearts was that going on a media blackout sort of hurt me because I had only seen a handful of trailers, and mm-hmm. going into this game, I was like, surely there has to be some levels that they haven't shown in trailers that'll be a surprise. No, they showed everything. Yeah, I didn't know that that was kind of like public knowledge. Like, yep, all the worlds have been shown and seen. And I was just like ignoring that bit of information. And I'm like, surely there's a secret Marvel level or a Star Wars level. <laughs> there, is a, there... there is a Marvel level. It's called Big Hero 6. <laughs> <laughs> ah, God, technically, I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But hey, it sounds like at least it's uh, not a bad game, at the very least. Just, I, I feel... What, what it looks like for me outside looking in, it looks like people are just like, oh man, they, with this game having such a big hype cycle for it for so long and being desired for so strongly for all this time, the game that came out, no matter how good the game might actually be, it's not going to be your, it's not going to be your hopes and dreams. And I feel like that's what it's suffering from in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah, it's, you'll never rekindle that. Like when it came out, it was a special thing like Final Fantasy and Disney crossover. And you just can't replicate that magic, especially because when it happened, we were all in middle school or high school. And now we're all adults with bills. And it's like I never knew I I knew it was never going to be my game of the year, but I still knew it was going to be a good time. And it was so I I don't want to complain. But obviously, the critical thinking in me is like, could have been a better game, but it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. Well, at least it's a, at least it's, at least it's good. I'm glad that after all that time, a good game was able to come out of it. So, hallelujah to that. Um, was there any other? Yeah, go ahead. If I was to take it to the extreme, it's like the Batman v Superman of video games, where it's it's not bad, and it is good if you just kind of shut your brain off and enjoy it. But it's just so aggressively average that I'm just trying to find the good in it. <laughs> oh, wow. It's like that. So that sounds more like what I've here for Crackdown 3. And as we've already seen, we got some lovers of that one. So, uh, hmm. Okay. Did not expect that to be said about Kingdom Hearts 3 today. But like I said, uh, it's it's an extreme take, but I'm just trying to enjoy it. But I'm like, "Eh." it's fine. You're luckily, luckily, we only average about 30 listens each episode. So if anyone comes at you with a death threat, it'll be like two people, maybe. Uh, Wicked pixelated. Go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> oh, or, boy just open himself or up. with the way things have been going recently expect them to come to add you like months from now yeah <laughs> yeah that's true so they'll come back and listen and be like this motherfucker and then find you um all right so awesome was there any other uh games you wanted to give a quick shout out real quick uh no that's pretty much it way to go right. apex enjoying the fuck out of it hell yeah all right. Well, uh, I'll go ahead and say the few games that I've been playing this week. Um, so before I get to the game that I've been talking about, I've referenced a couple times here. Let me talk about this random one that I picked up. So um, as you guys might know, I don't talk about it on the podcast that much. Uh, well, we, we talked about a while back. I got invited on Super Throne Watch, uh, OK Beast, their podcast about hip hop. So you might infer from that I'm a big fan of hip hop. So recently... I picked up Def Jam Rap Star. Do any of you remember this game? I <laughs> love Def Jam, but just the fighting games. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys know the fighting games then, huh? Yeah. Def Jam okay. Fight for New York and Def Jam Vendetta. Yep. 
And then Def Jam Icon, which came out on PS3 and 360, but no one really cares about it because it was way different. Um, we don't talk about that game. I actually picked that one up because it was cheap and I wanted to try out a Def Jam game. So <laughs> I will update later one day. But um, <clears throat> anyway, Def Jam Rap Star is the offshoot karaoke game they made from Konami of all publishers. Um, I thought they it- hate video games. <laughs> well, they do now, but there was a time where they were like, yo, we love video games, or at least, you know, games in which they possibly exploit a culture that is ripe for plucking. Um, well, so any also yeah. that with the, that, that Lucha Libre game. Oh, God, yeah, that Lucha Libre game with the horrible press conference. Uh, ugh, I don't want to think about it. I'm just glad that Def Jam Rapstar was out before they could be in that conference. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but anyway, with this game, um, it's, it's a karaoke game. It, I got the one off Amazon for 10 bucks. I was able to get a new copy with the microphone. So I was super excited off that. Now, sadly, the servers are down, of course. I mean, this game came out, what, 2011, maybe even 2010. Um, so it's I been out. I want to say 2010 because I remember seeing a, mm-hmm. an IGN Extra Life stream with, with it. Yeah, that sounds about right. I remember some guys at IGN were really digging this one when it came out. Yeah, and I'm looking at the box. It's 2010. The specific two people, Ryan and Greg. Yeah, Ryan and Greg. They're really big fans. Yeah. I mean, there are I some songs on here. There are some songs on here that are more sing-song-y. Um, but yeah, I'll talk about, because I only played it for about an hour, maybe hour and a half, because um, I just got it in between classes. And I wanted to try it out. I because I'm always I love karaoke like whenever I get to go out if I can if I can help it I want to do some karaoke stuff but hip hop is an underrepresented genre when it comes to karaoke so I was super excited to get my hands on this finally um now it's it's really weird how it's set up they have two different vocal systems going on here so for rapping they have a system where it not only tracks if you're rapping on beat like there's literally notes that you're trying to hit and make sure you're saying the word on the beat it tracks that but you can't just hum on beat because it also tracks whether or not you're actually saying the words <laughs> which is actually pretty impressive i thought i could totally cheese it because i was trying to do twisters verse and uh slow jams if you know that song from kanye west man you um, just jumped right into expert mode with twister Oh, yeah. I Well, I wanted to see. I knew that was the hardest song on the track list, probably. And I was just like, fuck it. I want to see if I can do it. And I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, I can cheese it if I just hum. But no, it tracks if you're actually saying the words. And then it does it for the rapping sections. But some of these songs are rap combined with singing. And it will pop up a whole different UI for when you're singing. And it will be a traditional karaoke thing of where you have to match the notes. And then you're going up and down on the little pitch slider. And you have to match that exact pitch in order to get the points. It's, it's really challenging. Um, and songs that you would think are not that difficult to sing when you're thinking, when you have to think about the pitch of the artist and, and then going from singing to rapping right off the bat, like without any real change in the middle. It's really hard. Um, there were songs like, because uh, I, I played enough to get a couple trophies. Um, there was, what was that song? Jesus Christ. Uh, Young Jeezy featuring Kanye West, I put on for my city, or just put on, I guess it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you that song if you ever listen to it it doesn't sound complex to rap or anything or even to sing but when you have to match the pitch and then immediately after that you have to like see all the words and all the ad libs in the middle it's intense um i'm not gonna say it's a workout but it's definitely like a tongue twister type thing where you're definitely having to keep up with all these different vocal stylings um and it's really fun uh and the track list isn't awful i mean for a game that came out in 2010 you got you got at least one Tupac song. I get around. Not the Tupac song I would have put. I would have put something like Changes on here. Um, yeah. yeah, Changes is oh man, that's a good ass song. But uh, Big, I, I, uh-huh. I've only I've only heard that song in the Hey Ash episode I was in. <laughs> really? Yeah, because <laughs> I thought there's a song by uh, I'm I'm blanking on the artist, but it's called The Way It Is. That's just the way it da-na-na, is. That song. Da-na-na. Things will never be the same. That one? Yeah, I think it, I think uh, Tupac was... He sampled it, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that song is actually ripped off in, in season one of Community. Wow. What an iconic what an iconic set of words over music. That was a weird voice thing I did because I swallowed right as I was talking. Um, That's what she said. That's what she said. God damn, I could, <laughs> I walked into that one. I wa- I wow, I just slid right on in. Um that's what he said. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh but yeah, they got they got Tupac I get around on here. They got uh BIG Juicy. Um and then they have a bunch of songs on here that are like good songs if they were to come on, like it gives you a good nostalgia rush, but if you were trying to find a definitive track list of good songs, it probably wouldn't be on here. You got stuff like, where is it? Where is it? Drake, best I ever had. Like that's right when Drake was like just blowing up. That was so, right when I liked Drake too. So right when you said that, I was like, oh, I haven't heard that song in years. Yeah, that's a good song too. And shout out the mixtape that that came from. Uh, so I think so far God's name in a mixtape. It's on streaming services for the first time in ten years to celebrate the ten year anniversary. So go look out for that one. Um, Dude, I will. Yeah, so yeah, they got stuff like that on here. You got Run DMC with the Run's House theme song, which is like this is back when Run's House, the TV show, was popular. So I guess that makes sense. Outcast, but so fresh, so clean. Sorry, whose house? <laughs> Run's House. <laughs> Damn it, that was good. You got me there. Um, yeah, they got uh, Outcast is on here, but it's so fresh, so clean. And I would have loved to see something like Roses on here instead. Um, I would have liked to see Hey Yeah. Uh, yeah, hey y'all would have been a great one as well, but you think about that one or the one that mm-hmm. the, again the parody that that Mad TV did back in the day. Oh my god! Hey Mad! Oh my god! If they made a if they had a Mad TV parody on the track list for Def Jam Rap Star, I'd burn the disc. I mean, they had they had a South <laughs> Look Park up the song. DLC. That is no, South Park well, song in Rock Band. Well, that's Rock Band. That's less serious. This is like, oh man, you gotta like represent. Because how, how dumb would it look? Because espe- especially with the UI of this game being very gaudy with all this gold and just very flashy and extravagant in Hollywood in its production, I would hate to see a little video screen pop up in the middle of that and it's a clip of Mad TV. I'd be fucking pissed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, but yeah, the track list is pretty good. They got, some tri- they got at least one Tribe Called Quest song here, which is the best one to do for karaoke, that scenario. Love that song. Um, good song. Yeah, and of course they got some classics that I know pretty well. Um, you got Gold Digger by Kanye West. You got some uh, Snoop Dogg Gin and Juice. You got Today Was a Good Day from Ice Cube. 
Um, even some Beastie Boys are on here. They got a pretty diverse track list on here, and I want to play some more of it. Um, next week, I actually have a party I'm planning on going to. Uh, so I want to kind of bring my PS3 over to this party and be that guy. Um, and then just try out some of these. And there's actually a duet mode, so I, I need to find another USB mic. Maybe the blue snowball I'm using right now could suffice, but eh, we'll see on that. Does the duet mode only work for songs that include two different artists, or can you sing like solo songs duetly? Um, I understand what you're saying. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I feel like for all the songs they've chosen, now I don't have the full track list up. I, I, I'm just looking at the back of the box here. I for, believe you can. I think you can do duets with like all songs. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't imagine why they wouldn't. Because at at the very at the very least, you could just do one person sings the chorus, one person sings the verses. So I imagine you could do duets the, for every uh, song. The Beastie Boy song is Brass Monkey, right? Yeah, Brass Monkey. Yep. Yeah, that's the that's the one that Ryan and Greg did for the kind of oh, not kind of fun. I want to say kind of funny for that extra life. Yeah, for the IGN extra life back in like 2010. Yeah, bingo. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's a every I feel like there's enough songs on here where if you have ever been a fan of rap up until 2010 at least, um, then there's something there for you. There's there's plenty of classics on here, and if not a classic song, it's from classic artists or at least from popular artists of 2010. So at the time, I think that was a good track list. Of course, rap has changed heavily now. You're not gonna find any Takashi Six Nine or Triple X on here. Um, because of course that's beyond that time, but it sucks that the servers are down. Because um, I don't even think I I don't know if this game got DLC. Um, I I heard it got like Kanye West stronger and some other tracks through DLC, but of course all the DLC has been brought down by now, and the servers for online actually shut down a year after the game came out, which is super soon for any game. So and that makes that makes the platinum trophy trophy unobtainable now. So. Yeah, um, I, I'm having fun with the game, and I'm going to keep playing it. I, I actually want to stream it one day because it actually uses the PS3 camera as well, and I think that'd be a little silly thing to do. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to play this some more later on, but so far, so good. Um, but that's just the secondary game I've been playing this week. Uh, I've also been playing... Can I guess what game you've been playing? <laughs> you can guess, yes. Is it... the? Are, is it... Does the first letter of the game start with an S? Oh, of course. <laughs> that yeah. means you've been playing Shadow Warrior 2. Hell yeah, I have. I've been playing a lot of Shadow Warrior 2 now. I talked about it briefly, maybe last episode or the episode before, one of them. But I've been playing so much more, and oh my god, dude. Shadow Warrior 2 might be one of the greatest shooters of all time. And I don't say that trivially. <laughs> What brought it back for you? Like, was it on sale on something recently? Oh, no, because uh, I've, I've said this in a group chat and previously on the podcast, but I got this new PC over here, um, which is what I'm recording on right now. So uh, once I got this new PC, uh, all the games that I've been claiming from good old games, from Steam, from all these PC retailers, I basically installed them and decided to finally give them a shot. And Shadow Warrior 2 was one of the first ones I installed. Uh, play just a little bit to just see like, oh, okay, yeah, this works, and it runs beautifully, runs great. I'm going to try out some other games. And then and after I tried out a bunch of PC games just to see what would run, um, I decided, hey, Shadow Warrior was actually kind of fun. Let me go back to that. And I am deep into it. I'm halfway through the game. I think I'm 
well over 10 hours. Uh, I think I'm probably close to 15 hours into the game. Um, and dude, it is so good. Like the main thing, like I played the first Shadow Warrior. Of course, for th those of you who don't know, Shadow Warrior was originally a game back in the 90s. Uh, but they it re got rebooted around 2000, uh, I want to say 2013. Um, right around that time, around PlayStation 2013, 2014, right when the new console, uh, new console generation started. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because that was one of the first shooters I played on PlayStation 4. Um, and it ran beautifully, 60 frames per second and everything. Um, I was super excited for two until I realized or until I learned that the PS4 port was going to run at 30 frames. And a big reason why I loved that first game was how smooth it was at 60. So I decided not to pick it up on PS4, wait until I had a decent PC to run it, and it runs really smooth on PC. But what makes it so good is, uh, of course, Shadow Warrior 2 had a lot of this as well. Um, they had their main assortment of weapons. They had a revolver. They had, you know, the SMG, and they all felt really good. What makes Shadow Warrior so good is the visceralness of the combat. It's a lot like Doom 2016. Um, the only difference being Doom 2016 feels a lot more precise in how its gameplay works. And, like, like you can run around in Doom and, like, just be super precise with all of its gun and guns and handling and everything. Shadow Warrior feels how I've been thinking about it, because I thought of this last night right after I went to bed after playing a bunch. It feels like Little Big Planet movement. Like when people complain about Little Big Planet, they're like, oh man, the controls are floaty. You can't do anything precisely. That's how the movement of Shadow Warrior feels, but that's kind of what makes it fun. <laughs> hmm. Like it doesn't, it doesn't ask, it doesn't ask perfection. Uh, perfection of you like it doesn't ask you to be super accurate with your shots a lot of the guns are actually actually lend themselves better to spray and pray especially with me using a controller i'm just you know using the auto aim and just locking on to people when i aim down sights like especially with the shotguns just like hit the auto aim real quick pop off a shot and then keep going but it's one of these games where it's less about like it'll give you you know bonus damage for headshots and everything but it's more about just the fun of using the weapons because there are the original game had about eight different weapons and then you could upgrade them in slight different ways. This game has like eight different weapon categories. And then there are a good uh, shoot. There's been at least two weapons in every category. And so, yes, they have shotguns, but they have like automatic shotguns that look kind of futuristic and the classic reloading pump shotgun that has the classic six shots. And then they have like this one like street sweeper shotgun that's super automatic that you can just hold down and fire. Then they have the same thing with a lot of the assault rifles. I just found myself with a, an assault rifle that was actually a heavy, heavy machine gun. Um, and it has like these crazy skulls on it. And then they have all these different specialized weapons, but each weapon is going to be different. It has different damages, damage ranges and different perks and everything attached to them. But you can also find different perks to add into your weapon, different gems to sock it into them to change your stats. So that's where this game kind of gets into Borderlands territory. Where yeah, that, sound, that sounds like a lot of variety. I didn't know this game had that much to offer. Oh, yeah, it's it's crazy deep. And plus, all of this is playable in co online as well so it's it's very deep um like because the thing with borderlands the whole thing about borderlands is 
Oh, you got a shotgun with these crazy stats on it. Oh, you got a, a assault rifle with these crazy stats on it. You'd get different guns that feel a little bit differently because of the stats tied to them. In Shadow Warrior 2, you have your guns. Your guns are the guns. And if you take off all the sockets, they're going to play the same every single time. But if you add these different sockets and these different abilities onto them, that's what changes them up so drastically. And the, the more rare, like I've unlocked it to where I can originally, you would just pick up these different uh, gems. And then if you had some gems that were, you know, that you weren't using, you'd sell them off for money. I've unlocked it to where I can combine gems that I'm not using and turn them into higher level gems until I can get all the way up to the highest tier of gems and just combine a bunch of them and make some like super powered ultimate gem where I'm able to do some crazy things with my weapons now. Like I had a, uh, I have like a desert eagle pistol that I, I changed a gem on it and I combined a bunch of gems to make a new one. I added a gem to it that made it dual wield. So now I have basically twice the ammo because I have twice the weapons now. Um, speaking of games, mm -hmm. speaking of games, <laughs> this is it's it's related to Shadow Warrior. Oh, okay, go ahead. Uh, did you ever pick up that uh, game I, I recommended called Visceral Cleanup? I have that on my wish list. Is it still on? Is it on sale right now? Uh, I will check. Yeah, because that that is one I've been. I was actually interested in that before I saw it on your list. I actually went through that list of PC games you recommended to me and like checked off all the ones I had because I had a great deal of them. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'll have to try that one out. Uh, that's visceral, visceral cleanup detail is $12.99. $12.99. Okay, it's not on sale. When it's on sale next, I will probably pick that one up because I'm interested in it. But um, Yeah, because there's a Shadow Warrior level. Really? Yeah. Ah, oh, okay. Now, I, now I'm really excited to hop on that one. Um, I'll keep that on the list. I'll move that to the top of my little Google Keep list now. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Shadow Warrior. Um, yeah, you can add these crazy gems that just give your weapons super different abilities. Like, of course, they have elemental damage in some of them where you can, you know, have your shotgun set people on fire. And then they have it where... And then they have so many different weapons. There's bows and arrows in there. There's uh, Gauss Cannons, which similar to Doom, the Gauss Cannon is just like kind of like a short-range sniper. Um, and then, you know, it comes with a smaller clip because of it. But... Um, just really cool weapons, and also with it being Shadow Warrior and having that like ninja type of vibe to it, there are plenty of melee weapons. Um, and there's a really deep and detailed cutting physics where it, it kind of reminds me a lot of uh, what is it? Uh, I talked about this game a couple weeks ago, uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Oh, with the all the different ways you can slice and dice. Yes, and but the only difference is with Metal Gear, it seems like they their emphasis was more with oh you can cut this into fifteen thousand pieces. Where in Shadow Warrior, it's more about it's less about how many pieces you can cut things into, but like you can see the exact edge because it's first person, and you can see the exact edge that you're cutting through a person at like yeah. the exact angle, and you can control it to like a super minute like percentage, and it is really trippy. It's like skate but with swords. <laughs> kind of it, it kind of is like that and i even have a chainsaw in one of them and one of my favorite things to do with the chainsaw because it is because you're not just slicing through people you're also doing that damage with it moving i love to it'll slow down time just a little bit so you can see that oh you're cutting right through their arm and like you're seeing their arm pop off in like a slight burst of slow motion and it gets crazy sometimes if you have like five enemies in front of you and you get one big swipe with the chainsaw 
You're, and the slow motion is like activating for each hit on every single enemy. And then your head bob kind of goes out of control a little bit. If you're, if you're, I'm glad this isn't in VR because this would definitely be a, a sick uh, one to throw you up. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it just, it, it's kind of insane. So I don't know. I feel like me comparing it a little bit, Planet might have turned some people off, but the game doesn't require, like, there are some levels where if you fall off the level, that's, you know, you're falling off the level, but it just respawns you back into the level. And it just says all the enemies you are fighting, their health is back at full. And so you have to like kill them again. So that's really the only punishment you get for falling off the game world. They never punish you for doing, they never punish you for doing wrong movements. The only time they ever punish you is for actually dying in combat because this game is kind of focused on the combat. But yeah, if you guys it's fair about it, yeah, it's very fair. And plus you go invisible once you, you come back from falling off the world. So kind of gives you a chance to get your bearings back. Um, I, I really like that Devolver is starting to become like the how 3D Realms was back in the 90s. They are very much so like that. It's more than just this game as well. Also, f- the developer Flying Wild Dog. I really want to see them make a Star Wars game. Really? Or at least like like a uh, hmm. a lightsaber any like a lightsaber t- main. Ooh. Yeah, because the 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 sword mechanics in Shadow Warrior are, are excellent. So I'd love to see a lightsaber type game from them but i just don't know how that would be because you know you'd want to just slice through people in detail like that the same way in shadow warrior but disney wouldn't allow that would they well hmm. just look at everything ea's done <laughs> well good point i guess that's a better alternative than what ea's done so far so at least hey. it would, an actual game would happen yes <laughs> that much we can agree on an actual game would be great but um yeah uh shadow warrior 2 it's a really good game. If you guys like first-person shooters or really shooters of any sort, I highly recommend it. It's it's excellent, dude. And I'm sure I'm sure on PlayStation 4, I'm sure it plays fine. I actually saw some gameplay in it. It looks solid, but I'm just a uh, with me playing games on PC, I've realized I'm just a uh, I'm becoming a slut for 60 frames per second. So, I kind of am prioritizing that <laughs> in a lot of ways. I have a really nice PC. Like I bought one of the pre-built at Best Buy and it had a top of the line graphics card for last year. So I guess it was like the or two years ago. Yeah. And I have not played like a single PC game or used it to its potential at all. Oh, and my God. You, you people <laughs> hate manage. People hate me. They're like, what kind of computer do you have? I'm like, I don't know. It has a 1080 GTX. And they're like, what the fuck? Play some good games on it. <laughs> Dude, and, you uh, need to. I might just send you over this list that uh, Alan gave to me of recommendations because like, I actually have that Shadow Warrior game because I had it on like a humble bundle thing where it was like just straight up free for a few hours. Really? Yeah. And I was just looking through my Steam log and I'm like, I have all the Telltale games because of Humble Bundle. Like, I have a collection of games on PC. Just and installing some. Also, I'm in the middle of downloading Apex Legends on PC because I want to see how good it looks. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I get I send you some some Steam codes, right? A while back? Yeah, yeah. I still have those Steam codes. I know I gave a few away for Brandon on his site. Hmm. I'll have to see, because I got some I actually got some Steam codes as well from stuff that came in bundles and whatnot. But uh I'll let you know. Um yeah, there there's a lot of good games you should play. Pretty much if it's sixty frames per second on PC, that's like probably the deciding factor for me. Well, also, the uh, Dark Souls trilogy 
is available. Like at at like what on Steam right now? On Steam, like Dark Souls Three is fifteen bucks. Oh, oh God! You're Dark you're really Souls trying to make me spend all my money. Dark Souls Remastered is thirty. Oh God! Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, mm, Bioshock Collection is fifteen bucks too. I can't do that. I still got to go back to Bloodborne eventually. <laughs> Dude, I'm the same with Bloodborne. I played a good two hours. Like, oh, this is fun. I might come back and have it. Uh, Th- thank God I ha- I didn't have to pay for the Bioshock Remastered on PC. Oh, lucky you. You just got the upgraded ones, huh? Yeah. Ah, lucky, lucky. Well, I'm going to play those again on PS4 anyway, since I have it over there. I actually have a Steam code for Bioshock Infinite, but I was just like, I'm not going to use this. I have it on PS4, XCC frames. I don't need it twice. Um, but hey, that's a different story. Um, so yeah, talking about what we're playing, that was fun. Um, play Shadow Warrior 2. That that game is an excellent, excellent shooter. Um, now, of course, I will say real quick for Shadow Warrior 2, the humor is super immature. Like, it's not like in-your-face aggressive meme humor like uh, Borderlands 2, but it is very, like, immature. Like, like literally the main character's name is Lao Wang, and there's a dick joke at least every 20 minutes. So I'm not saying that's like... Why a, didn't you say this sooner? Is this like a positive for you? Oh, yeah, I like immature games. Oh, yeah, it's super immature. Like, that's the whole shtick of Shadow Warrior 1 and 2. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd recommend it. But, yeah, I know some people are like, oh, man, this childish humor, whatever. I like the... Ch- I, I'm not going to say I like it every time. Most of the time, it just fades in the background for me. But there's a lot of, like, silly stuff. I've captured some scenes that I've put uh, one or two of them on Twitter of just, like, some crazy stuff. There's a one good scene, because the whole the whole idea of the game is the main character is possessed by this teenage girl <laughs> and he has like he's like supposed to be the super macho like 80s slash 90s action hero but in his head is the commentary of like a 19 year old girl who's talking in a way that a 19 year old girl would <laughs> and so it's that whole dichotomy and so he's he's trying to like get the get this girl to stop being possessed in him and he's carrying her spirit or whatever so he's talking to this other female character and she's like was there something else you needed he's like uh yes but it's kind of weird i don't know how to say it she's like go on uh i have i have a girl and i have a girl inside of me she's like oh that's great it's it's fine that you feel comfortable coming out to me like this he's like wait no not like that i mean (laughs) i mean She's inside of my head. And then she's like, oh, that's wonderful. Oh, man. Um, is this, are you thinking about transitioning? And he's like, no, that's not what I mean. And it's just like a whole thing. Um, they make jokes like that a lot. And so every now and then one will get me pretty good. And those are usually the ones I capture and put online. Um, but yeah, just if that's a problem for you, <laughs> then be aware. But I honestly think that gameplay is so good that you can just skip all those cutscenes, which they do let you do. All those cutscenes are skippable. But yeah, the game's just great. Go play Shadow Warrior 2. Flying Wild Hog deserves all your money. Um, also, also, in the first game, you get you're, you sort of get tied to it. Is it a demon? Uh, kind of. You're talking about towards the end, aren't you? No, no, I'm talking about in the beginning. Oh, yeah, with that other guy in your head. Yeah, when you uh, with uh, Zilla. Yes, yes. Actually, that that character comes back in the second game in a way I will not spoil. Um, but yeah, I guess that's kind of a trope with this series where someone's stuck in your head and it's just the character bouncing back and forth off of. Um, 
but yeah, Shadow Warrior, great game. Everyone should play it. Um, so uh, I, I'll give you, because we've been going, once again, going to cut the silence at some point, so I'll bring the time down a little bit, but we've been talking for about two hours. Go ahead and give me one of your purchases for the week real quick, and then we'll go ahead and breeze through news real quick. Like things that we bought? Oh, yeah. Well, Alan had a list. He, he wanted to go through, uh, what was it, bad purchases of the week? Well, ones that would be questionable. Questionable purchase. Okay. So what's so questionable about this one? Uh, the one that I'm a monster for. Oh. Oh, God. The one you had in chat. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. So uh, here, I'll let you tell him. Okay. So I'm a big fan of Fallout. The originals. Yeah. By Interplay, like Fallout 1, Fallout 2, Fallout Tactics. Yep, the top-down ones. Or the, yeah, the asymmetric versions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like Fall, Fallout 3 and 4. Not 4. Um, uh, Fallout 3 and New Vegas. Everything but 4. <laughs> no, everything but 76. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. indeed. Um, so, I was on eBay looking for Fallout merch, and I decided... You know, I need to get some. I need. I should have. I should have some PC games in my collection, like physical PC games and like boxed PC games. Yeah. And I was going through eBay, like the buy now stuff, and there was. I was just getting constantly. There was. It was full of duped items from Fallout seventy six. <laughs> oh God. And I bought Fallout one and two, new mint in box. Wow. Okay. Those you got those were pretty cheap, I believe, right? Yeah, about f- like thirteen, fourteen, between thirteen and fifteen dollars each. Oh, that's yeah. a pretty decent purchase. Yeah, especially I'll... especially if it's still mint in box for that much. That's that's dope. But here's yeah. the thing: I'm never gonna take them out of the box because I own them f- on Steam, good old games, direct to drive. <laughs> you you own them in so many digital places. You know and what? I, go ahead. Help. Go ahead. And hell, there's a mod that's in the works of using like Fallout 4 mod mm-hmm. that's supposed to recreate Fallout 2. <laughs> so you'll have like a fourth or fifth way to play Fallout 2. <laughs> yeah, God because I was looking, I was going, I was look, looking at the Outer Worlds stuff on YouTube. Yeah. You just and, got nostalgic. <laughs> well, not that. In the, I, last week I only got half, like, halfway into the rapid fire questions oh yeah 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 you should finish that <laughs> I, I did i did oh okay oh good good and tim kane mentioned or the person asking the questions said or asked are fallout one and two hard to play these days and <laughs> tim, tim kane said from a technical from a technical uh point of view it is so yeah <laughs> i wouldn't disagree <laughs> it that game is, is it literally is like trying to go back or trying to play a game that came out in the eighties. Because that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, it came, out, I, came out in the nineties. Oh God. Okay. Well, you know, three D games at that point were still working out the kinks to a large degree. I have a hate relationship with the Fallout series. Sorry, I hate. Alan. <laughs> no, not even love hate. Just hate. Yeah, just hate. <laughs> Uh, it started with fallout 3 i bought the uh game of the year edition with all the dlc thinking yeah i'm gonna jump into this amazing world 
PS3? Yeah, PS3 Game of the that's, Year edition. That, that, that's that's the problem. Hundred <laughs> percent. And the way I play open world games, like obviously, like the way I played games evolved, but I was very much like inspect every corner, see every dialogue option, pick everything up, and it took me about three or four days to get out of the vault of Fallout Three because you're and, dying. Oh yeah, because I kept like loading, and I was like, well, no, the, like the persuasion like the way you talk to people and it's like oh there's only a 12 percent chance that this will actually happen i'm like but i want that 12 percent. so i would do it didn't work load the game which took forever try wow. it again didn't work you wanted so, those it was a very tedious way to play the game and uh i get out of the vault and all the dlc missions start loading up slowly <sighs> and i set the controller down because it just kept vibrating for every alert <laughs> oh my god and it's the worst. Yeah, I set the controller down because it was just two to three minutes of just vibrating and missions. And I got overwhelmed and I never went back to it. And I I kind of <laughs> developed it. I developed a weird open world phobia from that point on because I couldn't I haven't played Grand Theft Auto since PS2. Oh, no. Like Assassin's Creed and Far Cry are pretty much the only rules to the exceptions because I just kind of like Ubisoft's formula. But yeah. <laughs> Fallout 3 literally gave me an anxiety attack, and I'm like, oh, all right, I guess I just won't play open world games for the next 10 years. <laughs> Good oh God. My. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure something similar happened to Alan for multiplayer. He got like a 10 kill streak, and it just unlocked five ranks at once, and he was overwhelmed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That funny origins. I will say really quick, though, I had a similar thing with your Fallout situation, with you buying physical copies despite owning it digitally. Because Sunset Overdrive is that game for me, where months and months ago, before I even had an Xbox, they had a sale for the physical copy on Xbox One of Sunset Overdrive. I picked it up, and I was like, one day I'm going to get an Xbox, and I'm going to play this game. Then I got this PC, and I was like, oh, great, I got a PC. Then like a day or two later, they announced Sunset Overdrive on PC, and I was like, claiming that. So then I bought it digitally. And then on top of that, what I just got in the mail this week, they had a, a special edition of the PC release of Sunset Overdrive on Amazon. So I got that physical copy of the PC release, which also came with another Steam code. And now that's up there. That And I purchased it pretty much just to get the poster that came with it. So <laughs> Did the special edition come with a figure? No, it didn't. It was literally just like it was just a fancy PC release. It wasn't like a it wasn't listed as a special edition. It was just like, here's the PC release. And because it's been so long, here's like a poster and here's a steam code because we know how life is. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's all it really was. But now I own that game three different, oh, four different ways if I count games pass. So, yeah, I'm probably going to sell some of those because I I Unlike you, I, I need less representation of games sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's besides the point. So, so here's what we'll do. So now that we've all talked about all the games that we've been playing over this week, and that's taken up a big old chunk of the podcast like it always does, um, what I might just do, now I'm thinking on the fly here, as I'm a, I can feel my nose about the sneeze. <coughs> yeah, Bless you, my child. Thank you. Um, So here's what we'll do with the news. We have three big stories here. Now, we'll only talk about the ones that we feel the most attached to. Um, So what we have here is Blizzard and Activision, or really just Activision Blizzard, the company, 
they let off about 800 people um, to restructure the company and everything right as they announced that they had the uh, one of their best years of profit ever. The, no, the best year. Oh, the best year um, of revenue ever. And they went ahead and fired 800 people at the same time as announcing that. Um, so that's that's one of the stories we also talk about or we also have uh, the Sony crossplay stuff. Uh, Sean Layden, Sean Layden, kind of putting his foot in his mouth, where he's saying, "Oh man, we're open for business with crossplay," and then some developers are pointing that out to not be the case. <laughs> so we have that one, and then we also have the Nintendo Direct and all the stuff that came out from there. You know, Super Mario Maker Two, um, another Zelda remake for Switch. Um, yeah, Link's Awakening. Yeah, Link's Awakening. So what? Well, let's go with two of them because I don't think we want to be here for three hours and talk about all three. Which one? Yeah. My vote is Activision Blizzard being assholes mm -hmm. and the Nintendo Direct. Okay. So you want to drop Sony? What, what say you? I'm, I'm good with those. I'm good with those two topics. Okay, that's fine. Um, I'll just say real quick, because I feel like I'm the only one who cares about the Sony thing. Um, just another example of miscommunication and get everyone on the same page before you go saying stuff in an interview, because uh, it is not the case for everybody. Um, so anyway, uh, we're going to talk about this. Yeah, we'll talk about Activision Blizzard first so we can at least end on something happy. Um, so yeah, they had a shareholder meeting um, for, for the Activision Blizzard, you know, all their stuff, all their successes from the last year. And it was, a, it was really weird because they talked about how um, Black Ops 4 was the best-selling game of the year, um, probably highest revenue of the year as well, yet it didn't do better than world war ii so in their eyes it was a failure um or at least just a disappointment um so they talked about things like that and that's kind of the whole theme of this of this whole report they would say something crazy like oh man things are going great but we're gonna do something bad or something bad has happened in here um with this with them firing 800 people um and a lot of those people most of which were from blizzard straight up um, but it seems like this is kind of contributing from uh, Overwatch kind of stagnating with its player base. It's not quite getting as many new players as it used to. Same thing with Hearthstone, the uh, the card game from Blizzard. Um, so yeah, what do you guys think about this? This is a shitty story, of course, but yeah, what are your what are your thoughts? Right off the bat, I think anybody losing their job sucks, and to some extent, it's it's the nature of the business change and stuff and i think just seeing it in such a large number at once definitely doesn't help i mean i'm sure people lose their you know get fired from there all the time and it's probably like in groups of like 10 20 obviously a game launches it's like all right let's scale down on this department and again just seeing that big 800 number at once is just uh i think blowing this up rightfully so to just mm -hmm. how the industry is and that really sucks yeah i i agree with you um yeah no one likes to see anyone lose their jobs but to see i mean this is the same company that has said that they treat their products as products more than art um like i think body Co maybe body bobby kodak um the ceo or one of the higher ups up there has been quoted as saying you know this is more like an assembly line type thing they can make if they can do something like they can make a perfect box of ritz crackers that everyone will buy forever and it's the same thing and no one ever asked for any changes they would do it um and they would do it until people didn't want it anymore 
uh, as you can see with Guitar Hero. So, yeah. It's, real real yeah. quick, here, here's something that's kind of baffling. I was trying to find this news article. This is from, uh, from October, but this mm -hmm. dates back to the whole Disney and 21st Century Fox merger that was happening. Yeah. Uh, Disney has about 195,000 employees and Fox only had 22,000 people. And apparently there's some redundancies with the merger where a lot of those positions needed to be scaled back. So essentially thousands of people got fired through this merger because they were just doing the same job. And Jesus. obviously we focus more on the video game aspect in terms of what we see news wise, but this is very common in film industry, like hundreds of thousands of jobs getting lost all the time. So, yeah. I'm just throwing well, that little bit out there that it, it's common. It just sucks. Well, entertainment in general is just entertainment is like a very shaky road for for careers in general. It's hard to especially when you're in like a lower level position or you're like independent or anything like that. It's hard to make a living doing entertainment, be that games, movies, anything. Um, but the thing is, with these mega corporations, you'd imagine that. I mean, sure, they're especially when compared to the telltale stuff that we talked about previously, um, I'm sure people are getting several people are getting severance packages. They are, you know, getting a little bit of gas in the tank before they're sent off, but that still doesn't make like, especially with this Activision stuff specifically, you look at all the yearly bonuses that the, the highest people in the company have made. And one of those bonuses could have funded a year's work for like, 300 people <laughs> yeah that so, totally like, kills me exactly so you know if if all these ceos and all these people in the higher up positions if they just took not even a pay cut because they they had a great the only reason they're doing all this downsizing is because they failed to meet their own expectations which were just crazy outlandish already considering that what they did hit was you know record-breaking by any other metric um I, you you hit on the key word there Mm -hmm. But I, I think they do need to just take the pay cut. Uh, if the Nintendo CEO did it whenever they reported mm -hmm. low sales, whenever the... Yeah. Uh, he did it. Yeah, Satoru Iwata. <laughs> yeah, Iwata, Iwata took that pay cut, so why couldn't anyone else show some integrity here? I mean, America's uh, not greedy. Did you guys, see, that. The, did you guys mm -hmm. see that? The headline that Piece of Gamer posted? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> About Ubisoft? Yeah, PC Ubisoft, game. U Ubisoft, Ubisoft reports strong profits, doesn't fire 800 people. <laughs> yeah, that, that headline kind of blew up as well. Um, and that's a perfect way to show it. Like, I know Ubisoft, you know, for the shit people might give them for some microtransaction-related stuff and other things, they take care of their developers. Um, I, you don't hear too many horror stories coming out of Ubisoft, and they listen to their consumers a lot. Especially with stuff like um, take take uh, Assassin's Creed. People were like, "Oh, we're tired of the series." They didn't make it for a year, and then they or they didn't make it for like two years. It felt like um, they they gave it a hiatus, and now we're on another hiatus year for Assassin's Creed. Um, same thing with Rainbow Six Siege. No one cared about that game. They turned it around, and now people like that game a lot. It's very popular and very profitable for them. Um, and Ubisoft knows how to treat their employees. I. Once again, you never hear horror stories from Ubisoft. It seems like they know what they're doing. And just when you see them talking in public 
places in articles and whatnot, they always seem positive and they always seem like they give a damn. So in a way that Activision has never been shown to care. Um, and, and that's just a sad, I, I don't want to say sad truth. Like I like know exactly what's going on in Activision offices, but from the outside looking in and from w- everything we've heard in the past, it does really feel like, oh, we're, we're just trying to get these games out and just make the same franchises over and over again, albeit with their minor changes and whatnot. And it could still be a good game every year. But they don't care about, oh, man, we need to make a work of art. They care about the bottom line. That is all they care about. And that's simply, I just can't, despite it being sustainable for all of this time, I can't see that being sustainable forever. Because at a certain point, people are going to stop caring about Call of Duty. People, they already sold off Destiny and let Bungie leave with that one. Um, And then, of course, they have some of their mobile things they're doing as well. But they can't always have... They're going to run out of cash cows. And at a certain point, they're going to have to do something completely new. And at that point, will they care enough to have any creative members on left? Or will they be able to just hobble along like this? Um, My question. And that's even crazy to say, like, hobble along because they still have some of the biggest games under their belts with Call (laughs) of Duty. It's like they'll be just fine. But I do hope that this inspires some sort of creative... All right, how do we change our perception with the people we have? With let's try new things. Like I kind of like seeing companies backed into a corner like this. Mm-hmm. Well, like after this, after this year of Call of Duty, which I feel like is just going to be them returning back to the campaign mode, and that'll be their big, big event. But after this year, we have Sledgehammer again. Is Sledgehammer going to do World War Two too, or? What exactly are they going to do? They they can't do futuristic because people have already said they don't want that. They can't go back in the they can't go back to World War II again because people got tired of that one. This this new one looks to be modern warfare for possibly we don't know yet. So they can't do current times. They're going to have to think of something new. And well, there's always there mm-hmm. the project that would that was I think I don't know if it was shelved or just <laughs> straight up canceled was the uh, Vietnam the Vietnam yeah. Vietnam could be cool, and I'd be excited to see about that one. Um, and that was also a third-person game, so you know we'll see if that if a third-person Call of Duty ever comes back. Shout out to Marvel for a two with those select modes. But um, yeah, I I just don't know because even even if they do Vietnam, that's like a halfway point between World War Two and modern times, of course. So I want people. I feel like people are gonna say that samey because Black Ops One. Or Black Ops One and Black Ops Two, very similar, except for you know there were there was Vietnam stuff in Black Ops Two, um, that made it feel a lot like Black Ops One. And I remember some people, not Black Ops Two, is very widely loved, but some people actually criticized it for that. So I wonder, I, I just wonder what Activision's doing. I don't feel like Activision's in like some crazy spiral out of control, like because we briefly mentioned it last episode where EA was you know having some issues with their financials. I don't think Activision's anywhere near that, but this is a lot. <laughs> this is a weird combination, but this is a lot of, this is very similar to what I said about Eminem on the OK Beast uh, Super Throne Watch podcast, where Eminem came out uh, halfway through his 40s and was like, screw everybody, I'm making this album, and he's going to call out everybody by name. And we love him for that. He's been doing that for many years. But when you're 65 
<laughs> are you really trying to get smoke with all these other rappers and call them out by name? Like, I just don't know if that's wise. So when you look at Activision, all right, you're on Call of Duty 35. What else is there to do? Like, are you really going to be making another Call of Duty this time? Or are you going to try and do something new? Try to maybe make an indie division. Try something original. And just the work structure and the way they do things down there and their philosophy doesn't seem like it's conducive to creativity. So I have yeah, two things. Like I have two, two replies to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They could always go for the war that hasn't been talked about or that hasn't been touched on that much by big, bigger AAA developers. The Korean War. Oh, yeah. Huh. I, feel, I, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like most people don't touch that one because. It, I mean, they just brought down the wall there. I, I think we need a little bit more time before fiction about that is out and opening up old wounds. But they could tackle that. That's true. I'd and, love it. Yeah, go ahead. And this one is more of a just me remembering an Hey Ash episode. <laughs> okay. It was, they were losing, Activision was losing revenue and Ashley Birch was playing Bobby Kotick. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and it was and the game they ended up making was Call of Duty mixed with Stardew Valley. Oh my God, no! That sounds like pain. and they ended up having record profits. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the best-selling game. Oh my God, they could do something crazy like that. But hey, man, I'd love to be surprised by anything from Activision because I feel like you can just set your clock to their business decisions. I think if I could pitch them a Call of Duty idea. We need a walking simulator from the perspective of a widow. Boom. Ooh, I ooh, I would boom. Love that. Oh my god, you're just looking at all their memories of when they used to exist. <laughs> yeah, and then that's like the shooting segments. Like, uh, here he is at the like it's a Korean War, and then you just play like two chapters in the Korean War. It's like, oh, and he also lived to fight in this war. <laughs> it's just like, man, this guy fought a lot of wars. Or they could they could do something that uh, EA and Dice did, which was have a spinoff or uh, yeah spinoff from the main games. And by that, I'm ta- referring to Big Bad Red? Company. Bad Company. Oh yeah, I love. Well, Bad that's kind of what Black Ops is already. Just no, not I mean, the same tone. Yeah, I mean, if they if they approach Call of, if they had a, a Call of Duty game where it was like like it had the tone of a Bad Company. Zombies, you have that four-person dynamic. Yeah, characters. they could just bring that into the campaign. They they did have four-player co-op in three. Hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Cause I, I I wonder how far they could stretch the whole Black Ops philosophy. Cause there was that one Roman soldier Call of Duty game that they were thinking about that got canceled. Um. So I'd be curious to see. I, I just want to see what they would do. Cause I'm just so unenthused and unimpressed by what Activision is as a company. Um, like a place like Ubisoft excites me. A place like you know Sony First Party excites me. You know, and even 2K. I don't think of 2K itself as a company, but like their stable of developers excites me. With with black with uh Activision like. You know, you know they have some mobile stuff. You know they're making microtransactions on a bunch of things, and then even Blizzard, that company excites me. But they get gutted by Activision like this. So, 
Yeah, we'll we'll see. And pr- prayers and I, I don't know. I, I know prayers is kind of useless and to to most people, but that's all I have to offer. Sadly, um, hopefully all of you guys will land on your feet. Uh, if you did get hit by layoffs, I I doubt anybody in those layoffs is listening, but you know, hopefully those guys all land on their feet and you know go on to do new stings. Uh, I I've seen a lot of people opening up, uh, showing their their job listings. So you know, hopefully people land on their feet soon. Um, so yeah, anybody else had something to say about that before we move on to the Nintendo Direct stuff? Now let's hit this direct stuff, man. Cause yeah. I, I was very much away from my phone when this was even announced. So I just wake up and I'm just like, Oh, this is a lot of stuff to kind of process. Oh yeah. It was, uh, when people were watching it, cause this is actually the first Nintendo direct watch live. Cause this is the first time I actually owned a switch. So I had a stake in it. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a lot to announce. Um, I don't think we're going to talk about everything. I don't think we have much to say about what Fire Emblem Three Houses, unless yeah, it, no. it, exactly. Um, we'll we'll leave the experts to that one. But uh, Super Mario Maker Two, that one actually looks pretty cool. Um, did did either of you guys try out the original Super Mario Maker? I didn't, uh, but I'm very much surprised that they went ahead and just jumped straight to two, with everybody suspecting that we would get Maker Super Mario Maker. On Switch, uh, they ported Mario Kart. They ported a bunch of other games, and instead so they're just like, "Now nah, we'll just give you the sequel." That yeah. was a sur- that was a surprise for me. Oh yeah, that I I figured they had to because when you have you have to think of it like this: if they're gonna bring that to Switch, and they're going they're expected to make all these little minor improvements and everything, they have they can't just leave it. Th- they're Nintendo, and this is the Switch, their most successful console in like two console generations so they gotta like suss it up a little bit so i figured okay two two makes sense i wouldn't have expected to i i do concede that that's not something i was like looking forward to but like when i saw it up there i was like okay yeah sure why not <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah i, I i'm pretty excited because um I mean, I just got my Switch, so I can't talk too much about like my experience with it and then this game entering into my experiences. But uh, I'd be excited to have some uh, player-made levels uh, for Mario. That is a game that, you know, is going to be fun in any context, and I'd like to see, you know, what people can come up with. Hopefully nothing too crazy and devilish. Yeah, I like the fact that they brought back... They're continuing the trend of using, like, the NES and Super NES Mario, but now bringing into the world like the current 3D Mario as well. Mm-hmm. I really, the trailer didn't show it, and I feel like there's probably some graphical limitations, but I would love to see the flat 2D Mario with the 3D Mario items and backdrops. Ooh. That would be really cool. You're, you're asking for, for some sorcery there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I could not tell you how that would end up, but uh, yeah, I, I, I want to see them get some get crazy with the graphical effects and they did add that uh super mario 3d world art style to it so yeah i guess we'll see how that one shakes out um alan any any thoughts on super mario maker 2 or is there something else in the direct that you want to talk about uh sorry i was watching uh something about the last 37 nitro uh oh. <laughs> okay um, i'm really excited for the links the legends of the links awakening yeah remake. you and the whole internet <laughs> 
yeah, that's that's what they ended the direct on. Um, yeah, everyone's super excited about it. Uh, so correct me because I never played nor heard too much about Link's Awakening back in the day. Um, so yeah, it's it's good apparently, huh? Um, you have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea exactly. Um, yeah, it was a Game Boy game. Yeah, it came I'm... out. It came out in originally, or came out two versions. It came out the regular for the Game Boy in '93. Then it came out on the Game Boy Color as Link's Awakening DX. Okay. And it was actually developed, or it was developed by Nintendo A and D. Okay. Which is like their one of their main internal studios. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And. It actually, this is, it's one of the few games that takes place, it, it's one of the few Zelda, Zelda games that has nothing to do with the main ingredients of Zelda. Like, oh, so it doesn't have like dungeons and fighting Ganon and all that crap? Doesn't have Ganon, does, there's only like one passing mention of Zelda herself. Hmm. It actually, the entire game takes place on an island. Huh. Okay. That's weird. My, so pers- uh-huh. my personal attachment to this game is... I well for one I have it and it's one of the few Zelda games I can actually say I've played and beaten. Uh but as a kid, like the only thing I had was my Game Boy and I had Tetris, I had a Wario game and I had the Zelda game and again the music was iconic for the time. It's coming hearing that kind of Zelda music from a Game Boy was incredible and mm. it's just held the test of time and seeing it how how pretty it looks is something that just blows me away. Uh, it reminds me of the 3D dot game hero that Atlas did. I, I kept hearing a lot of people make that comparison. Yeah. Yeah. It's just as bright. And the way it has that kind of blur effect on the sides, if that makes any sense. It's kind visual like dreamlike. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Visually, I just think it's just a really unique way to remake what was a black and white Game Boy game to this. It's just really cool to see that. Yeah, I, I, I really did the art style as well. As someone who doesn't even have that much nostalgia for the game, that art style is really strikingly pretty. Um, also, I doubt they're going to have the cameos that they had in the original games. As far as what, like... Because uh, I'll... You go in, ahead, go ahead. In Link's Awakening, uh, Yoshi was in the game, had a cameo. Kirby had a cameo. Wow. Uh, do, you, do you remember the chomps from uh, Mario? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the chomp chains. Yeah, one. The, there was a chomp in Link's Awakening. Hmm. It was in the. It was in the trailer too. So it'll definitely be in this game. Yeah, I saw Goombas in the trailer as well. Yeah, Goombas and Piranha Plants. Yeah. So uh, Chad's gonna be in the game. <laughs> Look <laughs> out for peace. Chad. Rest, uh, rest in peace, Chad. Yeah, man, Chad. We never knew you had feet until this year. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm really excited. I, well, I, I don't want to say excited because once again, I was honestly watching this direct hoping someone would say Metroid Prime Trilogy, which did not happen. Um, but uh, I'm pretty interested in this Link in this Link's Awakening stuff because I keep hearing pretty much everything you guys have said. Um, it has a special place in people's hearts. The art style looks great. But <clears throat> excuse me. But also people saying this is the weird Zelda, like with all these different cameos from other games. I'm that just appeals to me. I like it when things are strange, when things are weird, a little bit off. And I mean, I've played, I'm still in breath of the wild right now. 
And to me, this seems like, sure, there are some changes, but Breath of the Wild seems like the quintessential Zelda experience. And so I'm, I'm interested to see how they switch that up in I'll A just, Link's Awakening. I'll just say what mm-hmm. Aonuma said. Yeah. If, Link's, if A Link to the Past never came out and there was only Link's Awakening in between or before Ocarina of Time, things would have been very different. Oh, God. I can only imagine. It would send it on a completely different route. Like the fishing minigames that have been in all the Zelda, like most of the Zelda games. Mm-hmm. That first appeared in Link's Awakening. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a real, real lineage there. So it seems like there's a lot of roots in classic Zelda, even if this one is weirder, quote unquote. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Okay. Well, hey, I'll, I'll be excited to check that one out once it does drop. Um, now, there's plenty of other announcements that happened. Uh, Deltarune came out for free, at least the first chapter, for all you Undertale fans. Um, that's on the eShop now. Um, the Assassin's Creed 3 remastered is coming to Switch with Liberation remastered as well, which kind of excites me because I love Liberation, or I remember digging Liberation a lot when I played it on Vita, so it's cool to see that now we'll get a second chance at life on a portable system. Uh, <clears throat> It's also now, something to note that it's it comes with the season pass of Odyssey for the people on console. Oh, yeah. Like, that's how I'm actually going to be playing the remaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got that season pass on Odyssey. So, yeah, looking forward to that one. Um, and there's some other smaller announcements. Uh, we finally got to see Joker from Persona in Smash Ultimate. Um, just a brief clip of him, but he's coming before April now, um, or at least by April. Uh, and then, of course, I, it, there's, other, there's other things on here. Um, is there something else from the Direct? I want to talk about um, Tetris 99, but is there another smaller announcement from the Direct that you guys want to talk about to kind of get towards the wrapping up stage of this one? Yeah, I want to talk about how mad I am at Platinum. <laughs> For what? What did they do to you? They made a really good game with Bayonetta, and then they went ahead and released Bayonetta 2 on the damn Switch. And then Bayonetta 3 is announced for the Switch. Now they got another exclusive game on the Switch. And I'm just like, man, just just make more games on PS4. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest. I feel you on that. I would love to play their games on PS4 as well. But, I mean, I haven't even tried Bayonetta. I mean, that just ca- that came out on PC not too long ago. So I want to. I might try it on. try it out on there. Um... But yeah, that I, I don't disagree. And this game, I forget what it's called. Uh, here, I'm going to look that up. But the game does look pretty cool. And I think they actually have some uh, people involved from the gameplay systems of Nier, Nier Automata. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that one, that one looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah. something, something I'm excited about is that we got a release date for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Oh, yeah. It's coming out in the summer. Yeah, that's going to be pretty exciting. And that sounds like it's going to be a good summer game to play as well. Yeah, because it seems like it's going to be like if it's anything like the original two, it's just going to be Diablo with superheroes, which, of course, sounds really fun. I'm still not sold on the art style. Ah, really? Is it look a little bit too cartoonish, maybe? Yeah. I like that look. It's kind of going with like the Marvel versus Capcom art style. It, it does give me that vibe of Marvel vs. Capcom, but the last time we saw that franchise wasn't the best light. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't know if you guys uh, 
saw the Game Grumps post. Oh, no. Uh, it's just Super Mario Maker 2. And Aaron and Dan are Mario and Luigi. And it just says, <laughs> it's time. Oh, God. <laughs> They're going to get up to some fuckery. I just know it already. Because um, they made so many videos with the first one. I just mm-hmm. can't imagine what they're going to do this time. Well, yeah. Well, now it's going to. Well, I question how how it's going to work with the TV mode, because, of course, you're going to want to sit there and draw the levels on the screen yourself. Um, but, yeah, capturing and everything could be a hassle, but I'm sure they could figure it out. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to be really fun. Um, all these games are going to be pretty good. Astral Chain is that Platinum Games we were talking about. Um, yes. That's the one that looks really cool. It looks like kind of co-op, but not co-op crime fighting in a super dystopian world looking thing. It looks neat. It looks neat. Um, and Platinum Games, they got a sure they put out some duds every now and then, but their batting average is pretty solid as of late. So I'm excited to look for it. Uh, though I want to talk about Tetris 99 real quick. Tetris 99, y'all. This game. Now, I haven't played it. Because I have to pay for Switch Online, which I have yet to do because I really don't have a reason to play Switch Online because I don't even have Mario Kart or Smash yet. But I've been seeing, hearing, watching a lot of it. It sounds really cool. So for those of you who don't know, Tetris 99 is Tetris Battle Royale, baby. So basically fill up your lines and keep from hitting the top before everyone else. And if you, and you have the ability to like mess up other people's games and affect them so they can maybe not be able to clear as many lines as you, or at least not as fast. And then just outlive everyone else. And you are the winner. It sounds like such a great idea (laughs) that I am. Yeah. Honestly, even the name is extremely clever because with all these battle royales, you have to kind of like differentiate yourself in some way. And obviously, Tetris Battle Royale is enough to f- differentiate yourself. But instead of having 100, just dropping it to 99, I'm like, that's cool. That's actually kind of cool that they did that. Mm-hmm. It gives it like that nice uh, kind of like it's like the num- numerical equivalent of putting a Z at the end of something like cool kids or something yeah. like that. It's like that. It gives it that like edge to it that I really enjoy. Um but yeah, I, like I said, I've yet to play it. I installed it, and then I realized, oh, wait, I have to go online. I need the Switch Online thing. Um, they, they'll let you install it all you want, but you can't actually play it until you pay. So um, yeah, it, it just look, it's just like such a brilliant concept. And as someone, Battle Royale has been on the mind of everyone lately, especially with Apex. It's cool to see this twist on it. I will say uh, this. Mm-hmm. It has been on my mind. It had well look here, Mr. Single Player Salvation. <laughs> SPS. Man, get your sunblock out of here. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So yeah, so um is there any other announcement right? Or is that pretty much the big highlights? Yeah, that was a big highlight for me. Yeah. Same for me. I'm still praying for Metroid one of these days, but um until then, I'll I'll probably give out I'll give some of these a shot. Well shoot, I still got I picked up Mario Odyssey. I still got to pick up uh, Mario Kart 8 and Smash Ultimate. So um, I got plenty to try out until they announce Metroid Prime. Um, So yeah, that's pretty dope. 
Um, so now we will go ahead. Oh boy, we are getting close to three hours, um, which is we said we, we said we weren't going to do that. Yeah, we said we weren't going to do that. But you know what? You know what's funny to the listeners with the silence removed is probably closer to two thirty right now. So like, oh, this isn't that bad. Yeah, not that awful. Um, but we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show now. Um, so we got a little bit of housekeeping that we're going to tell you about. Um, of course, the PlayStation All-Stars Ultimate Roster Showdown is still going on on our official Twitter account that will be linked down below. Um, this week's matchup is going to be between uh, Chi, or how do you say her name? Is it Chie? Yeah, Chie. Chie, okay, yes. Uh, Chie from Persona 4 versus Claptrap from Borderlands. Uh, that's me and Josh going back at it against each other once again. I'm in the ring of Claptrap. He's in the ring of Chie. And I'm interested in this. I'm interested to see how this one's going to shake out um, because I feel like Borderlands is a bigger game franchise in general, but Chie is a well-beloved character, more beloved than Claptrap probably. And Chie's already got me with the votes right now. So <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that one goes. I'm interested to see how that one will be. But as I said, that one will be on, you can of course see the, We'll, we'll link to the uh, article where you can read up on our arguments and then vote at the bottom of the article. You'll see that link in the description of this podcast. But yeah, that's it for that one. Um, other housekeeping things uh, on our YouTube channel, of course, you will still be seeing our numerous, uh, well, really, Alan's numerous uh, Let's Plays he's doing. He, you are a beast when it comes to these Let's Plays, dude. I got to yeah. be honest. I mean, I'm just saying. All I need for that you that Saturday morning Yu-Gi-Oh is an is a intro, but yeah, I know. Yeah, I I remember the the intro thing. I still got to get a font for it, and I haven't I haven't forgotten about it. It's more that life is happening. I'll, I'll talk to you after the podcast. We can we can have that talk because I'll still get it for you. It's just taking longer than I thought. Um, but big anyway. shout out to life. Yeah, big shout. Good God, the biggest <laughs> shout out to life, especially life where you're trying to graduate this year. It's rough and tumble. Um, so yeah, look out for those uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Let's Play, uh, Walking Dead Let's Play, and Star Trek Evolution. That's correct, right? Yep. Ah, I remember it. Yes. <laughs> no, it's not Discovery. Damn it. Um, so yeah, go out and look out for those. Those will be, of course, linked in the description as well. Um, and then other things on the site to look at and to point you towards. Um, do y'all have anything else you want to pimp? My hose. <laughs> okay, Snoop Dogg. Uh, no, fantastic. Not much. Uh, I'm wicked pixelated on Twitter. I don't tweet much. However, if you do listen to this, even if it is in three months from now, <laughs> there is a guy on Twitter that I've pretty much exclusively been tweeting at for the past year if you look at my history uh he owes me some akira comics so if you see him in my mentions just go ahead and just reply and be like where are the comics man just bombard spam him no no i don't want to send a mob i just want to politely have a person or two remind him yo where are those comics it's been two years man (laughs) (laughs) this is true what the hell this is weird (laughs) Okay, he's a director in Hollywood. He does Star Trek like fan films. He's actually like verified and has a couple thousand people. And yeah, I'm trying to buy these Akira comics from a director in Hollywood and he's been dicking me around for two years. And I literally had to just 
air out the dirty laundry and I had a like a, a 12 post thread of every t- text message of him being like, yeah, I'm going to send them out to you, man. And he finally, he finally texted me and he's like, okay, man, I get it. I deserve it. Can you please take those tweets down? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like no, send me those comics and then I'll delete them. Wowzers. <laughs> yeah. That's the, six, oh, damn. That's the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, well, good, good on shit. I don't even have words for that. I'm, I, I'm speechless. I'm yeah. legitimately, like I said, an old man trying to figure out Reddit because I want to have a Reddit post on like the Akira subreddit being like, hey, <laughs> so here's my story. If you thousands of people could please bombard him. You'd be Not- on BuzzFeed the next morning, dude. <laughs> Oh my god. Like, why am I going viral? Oh, because Reddit. Hollywood <laughs> Send the comics, you coward. We just see in the news, Hollywood director kills man over Akira comics. No. <laughs> First case of anthrax in 20 years. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Oh shoot. That is that is ridiculous, but I love it. Um, yeah, go follow at w- Wicked Pixelated to follow those travesties. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, and then once again, be on the lookout to the site for all those things. Um, one thing I do want to give a shout out to, um, by the time this goes out on Monday, I'm pretty sure there'll be a new episode, but uh, I was actually on another person's podcast yet again. Um, so Kyle Stevenson, or Stephenson, however you want to say it, um, he runs a podcast called Best Friends Talk Funny, which is basically just taking people from the kind of funny community um, who are prominent in the community and interviewing them. And he interviewed me on their latest episode. So I'll probably be including a link to his latest ep- to the episode in which I'm on it. Of course, you know, I talk a lot about Lost Hero Games because shit, that's like Loki the lifeblood. So, yeah, I, I talk a lot about that and some other stuff, too um some prom stuff because we were both nominated for that so uh yeah check that one out that'll be a cool thing to look out for um and i also do want to say as far as the uh lost hero game side of things goes um backlog to the front uh which is josh miller's uh weekly series um week six has gone up for that so i will be linking that down there at the bottom um so oh and also i do want to give a shout out to graydon's uh he he uh, wrote up a little piece on Golf Blitz, which is a mobile title from Noodle Cake, um, and he's enjoying it quite a bit. Um, he actually got specific permission to write about the beta because apparently there's an NDA, but they were like, "Oh, it's fine." So yeah, go out and look out for that one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, all those will be in the description, of course. But uh, oh, yeah, by the time mm-hmm. this is up, hopefully my Crackdown Three first first, yes. first impression will be up. So enjoy that as well. Yes, Crackdown 3 First Impressions will be up. You'll be able to see it out on the site. I'm probably going to look at that, like I said, when I come back home from school tomorrow or from work tomorrow. God damn, too much shit. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all we got for you today on the show. Um, we're going to wrap this thing up before it gets to that three-hour mark. Um, I got to be a better host to push shit along. Um, but it's fine. Um, so, hey, thank you guys for rocking with us for another media episode. Um, this has been, of course, me, Emmett Watkins Jr. Um, this has also been Alan. Should I start watching Atlanta? You should start watching Atlanta. <laughs> that, Good that's show. not even a question. That is a great show. I actually need to finish season two. Thanks for reminding me. Um, now I'm going to probably do that later. Um, and also joined here by Anudis. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. No problem. Anytime. You welcome- yeah, you're welcome anytime. Yeah, anytime, any crime. I like doing my intros on the outros. 
<laughs> Good job. And I uh, hope you get those comics. <laughs> All right. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for uh, rocking with us. This has been the Lost Hero Gains podcast, and we are going ghosts. No, let me say the actual thing I say. Uh, keep it real. Keep it true. Peace. You're listening to the Lost Hero Podcast Network.